Hello and welcome to the Southcast on Sunday the 21st of June 2020. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today is Zachary Burgess. Hello. And indeed, Robert Kemp. Indeed. <laughs> How are you gentlemen? <laughs> Plan my arrival on this couch very well, but there's all manner of stuff in the way. I'm just rearranging cushions as we speak. Shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle. Got to be in the prime seated position for for a podcast. Yeah, you have. You've got to make sure you are are comfortable. (laughs) Got to make uh, sure to talk directly to the mic. Indeed. Hang on, hang on. Is that better? (laughs) Which might just have to fit wrong with Mario's mic. Yeah, I realised it was a little bit far away from my face compared to the tests. I'm enjoying my new chair. I have... Oh, fully right. supported lumbar. My lumbar <laughs> is fully supported. Ah, yes. Yeah, it was a long time coming. But is it good? He is. The Germans pulled it off. The Germans, they have pulled it off. I think it's an American design, but the factory was in Germany. Vorsprung ah. mm. <laughs> Dirk Sitniks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The technology of sitting. <laughs> I, I, could, I can do marketing. No? All right. I'm not selling it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dream shattered. Like my lumbar. <laughs> totally shattered. <laughs> shattered lumbar. <laughs> Is that what happens if you, don't, if you sit in an ordinary office chair for too long? You get a shattered lumbar. I suppose like when you do get back pain, right? It's not generally not a gradual thing, is it? It's like it suddenly goes, Ooh! so it's just like maybe that is the shattering of something. Mm. Oh, who knows? I'm not sure you could use that that much of a dramatic word. No, shattered sh- implies some specific things, I guess. Lots of shards. Yeah. Rather than a nerve moving somewhere where it shouldn't, which is most of the problems. Mm. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm not enjoying this incre- the gradual increase of temperature that occurs every year. <laughs> I mean, do you mean just in general or due to being stuck indoors more a than bit, usual? A bit of both, but I'm not, I'm not 100% stuck indoors. I've been, I'm lucky enough to have a garden. Yeah, so that's nice. It's been all right. I've been sat out there. I got sunburnt on one of my knees. One, but not the other? Just, just one, yeah. <laughs> what happened? Was one in the shade? I guess, or maybe it was just like off-angled slightly, or maybe it was the more roundy bit of my knee, so it didn't <laughs> catch the light in quite the way the other knee did. I don't know. Or maybe I, oh, I might have been crossing my legs actually, because I'm doing it now. I've got I've got my burnt knee over my unburnt knee, so maybe I was sat like that. Uh, or maybe you're just sitting like that because you don't want to squash your burnt knee. Squash my burnt knee, yeah. Yeah. Of all the places to get sunburned, just one knee. I've noticed I've got a proper watch tan on, though, this year. Oh, yeah. The white line has appeared. White lines. <laughs> Are you getting out much, Seg? No. Not even I... doing your Needham walks? Not really. I did manage to get to the point where I had to open both my windows. 
which is a certain point in the year where it's like now I could have my both my windows open permanently and not like have it be too cold at certain points in the light. Because <laughs> that's always annoying when you have to keep opening and closing shit. Once you can just commit to having them both open permanently, it's like, oh, good. Now I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> don't have to constantly be dealing with my bug nets and whatnot. You always have ultra-sealed bug nets over every every part. Yes. How do you take them up? Do they come with tape? Or? Yeah, they have like little Velcro, sticky Velcro that you put around the window frame. Hmm. You just like the same the stuff that holds the, holds the gauze in front of my barbecue tray. Hmm. But then what? the problem is that in order to get decent airflow, sometimes you have to open the door and then the bugs come in from the rest of the house. <laughs> it's like I need to bug that over the door as well. <laughs> you need a giant gauze over the door. What, so one of the bugs just shouts, there's an opening, lads! Let's it go. certainly seems like it sometimes. It's like, how, how did this get in here? Come on in, lads. <laughs> Party's over here. What happens if it, if it rains heavily? Do you shut the windows then or you just leave them? Leave them wide open. Yeah, if it gets super heavy, sometimes I'll close them, but most of the time I don't bother. I mean, do the bug nets help with that? Like, do they presumably <laughs> reduce the, the not really. splash? <laughs> but I don't really have like window seals exactly, or at least not big enough ones to catch much of the splash. So, and also being at the back of a house, I think I have like the better angle for most of the time, considering prevalent winds or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't blow in towards my windows that much. Which is handy. And I guess you've got those windows that you actually can open quite wide. Yes, I, ha- I kind of have to open them like all the way because of the bug nets. Because you have like the little leave arm, whatever, at the bottom of the windows that normally you'd use to hold them open, but then that the end of the arm sticks into where the bug nets are. And you like kind of that. So you have to open them further. So the bug nets can be nice and flat and fully sealed. Hmm. Nice flat nets. <laughs> Come to Zach's house. We've got flat nets. <laughs> and it's getting to the getting to the point where like uh, I'm having to hoof my uh, giant Dyson fan around the house to follow me. <laughs> uh, like, where, where am I spending most of my time today? Okay, let's let's put the fan in here. <laughs> let's move the fan to the correct spot. Yeah, I did actually buy an little extra USB desk fan for my for my gaming PC. It can just blow directly in my face. Not very powerful, but it's like it it, it takes an edge off. I had to turn my fan on. Yeah, I bet it's going to be all gummed up again like it was last time. What goes wrong with it? Well, when you haven't used it for like months or whatever, it just like gets you know gums up doesn't turn properly but then you luckily with this fan it's easy to just take it apart and put oil directly on the motor so it's like oh good <laughs> just oil that up and it will go yeah that's convenient and then it makes just a room smell of oil for a while <laughs> but you know because not only is there oil there but it's also blowing that <laughs> and also like really hot because it's a motor <laughs> yeah i don't think you're supposed to use motor oil it's the oil oil it's not <laughs> It's generic ass GTX. oil that you put on things to oil them. <laughs> generic ass oil. <laughs> that wasn't what I was considering about oiling my PC fans when I was trying to get rid of the rattle in my case. I was like, do I use WD-40 or actual oil? It's like, 
I mean, I, don't know. Yeah, I, I, would, I immediately thought WD40 might have been a better choice. But... but I don't think WD40 is like, is that technically even a lubricant? Because it's think... more like a cleaning product almost. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Mm. That would have been my go-to anyway. I don't think I actually have any. I don't think I've needed it. But I go with real oil, I guess. And it definitely makes the fans nice and quiet, but it doesn't stop whatever the fuck is rattling in my case. <laughs> Something in there. A little bit of olive oil. Yeah, you could, I guess. If you wanted to. It's Jamie Oliver, your PC. That would at least smell nicer. <laughs> it's true. Some uh, robust wok oil, as one of the bottles in our kitchen is labelled. <laughs> robust wok oil. Oh, okay. Or is that for like is seasoning the, oil the wok? Is or the wok robust? <laughs> well, the, our wok definitely isn't robust. We got rid of it. <laughs> uh, what happened? No, to I, I guess it's like a well, it's sort of rust. Um, <laughs> not so robust. Yeah, not so robust. Um, oh, I guess. I guess it's the, the description of like. Like the it's a flavor description. Oh yeah, I guess you could have a robust flavor. I'm not but sure what that means, though. <laughs> yeah, but like what is causing a robust flavor? <laughs> is it like a? Is it just another word for rich or something? I think strong. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I know. It's just like try and think of <laughs> one food that you would say has has a robust flavor. I, I don't know that I can. Like no. I know when people describe food as being very rich, I, I tend to think of red wine sauces and things like that because I'm not a huge fan of them. And I think like, yeah. red wine sauce kind of overpowers everything. I don't, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think that's robust. No. It'd be more like a less, it'd be more like a more closer to gravy. <laughs> it's like. Robust dense. sounds like a gravy. <laughs> a, an adjective people use for like wine and stuff as well. Well, sure. Like, <laughs> but robust. pretty much any word you could say is an adjective that people use to describe <laughs> yeah. wine. <laughs> this wine you're is not allowed so to use milky. Any adjective. <laughs> uh, the only adjectives you're allowed to use when describing wine are adjectives that aren't actually adjectives. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's kind of the rule. You get a real fajum up your nose. <laughs> that was my favourite one. A robust fajum. <laughs> a robust fajum up the nose. <laughs> Who wouldn't want a robust fajum up the nose? So I want to know. <laughs> oh, I believe that's what a COVID test is like. <laughs> yeah, probably. I hope it's not a robust or fajum. <laughs> I'd like it to be significantly less fast sounding than the fajum. <laughs> <laughs> ram it right in there my friend got an antibody test yesterday oh yeah paid for it 120 quid or something but was probably worth it because came back positive so he knows he's had it oh interesting quite good but he had it but was sort of one of those that were sort of unaware no he he knew <laughs> he had oh, okay. he was down for the count for like two weeks oh wow okay Ten days or however long it is, yeah. So he definitely he knew. Okay, but then if you have the test, you know it was definitely coronavirus, which is how, handy. But how accurate are these things? It's like because the, the accuracy of like even the main tests is always called into question, right? Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. I think it depends. Like, yeah, he actually went and had it done. Presumably they took blood or whatever. So, I mean, that's got to be better than swabbing stuff, isn't it? I think the problem with the antibody test is no, it's not necessarily a problem with the test. It's like we don't really know what that means yet. Yeah. The, how know. long do the antibodies stick around? Or Yeah. Oh, I see. So he knows he's had it, but he doesn't. you don't know that you've built any kind of immunity. Yeah. I mean, he probably point. does, but we don't know how long immunity lasts if, if it... If it's, if it interesting but there doesn't seem to be any evidence that you can easily catch it twice right so far so far yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway how long till we get 20 though that's the thing COVID-19 so last year <laughs> <laughs> couldn't say anyway interesting I'm getting to the point where I'm waxing my moustache not sick <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not trim my guard now, and I'm, I'm waxing it off to the sides. Um, but it's not. My mustache is too strong. My mustache is too robust. Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem to want to listen to the wax. It's like it's just, it's, it's a stubborn, stubborn, robust mustache. It just wants to grow down and not to the sides. So I don't quite know how to. I even need to like just cover it in wax, and then I've got a waxy face. So. <laughs> Which isn't all that pleasurable. Or, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not quite sure what to do. Or, let, or do I let it grow long enough until I can actually get it more twisted into itself so it holds the wax better? But I'm definitely not a master beardsman yet. <laughs> You're working your way up to that rank, are you? Master oh, beardsman. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the beard kit, I said, uh, claims that that's the first bold step to becoming a master beardsman, is buying a kit. <laughs> of course, <isn't> naturally. <laughs> naturally. Like, th thanks, thanks for, is that supposed to be a confidence boost? You're on your way to master beardsman. <laughs> Congratulations, you've just entered our pyramid scheme. <laughs> Next, you need to buy wax level two if you want to sustain that level of robustness. That'll cost you 1,000 pounds. Beard Ponzi puzzles. Hmm. That just reminds that was in Doug, wasn't it? Like a py pyramid Ponzi puzzle scheme or something. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Doug. There aren't any, I suppose, no, that would be bad. <laughs> but like, there's a lot of games where you, you know, cause a lot of violence and death but I, are there any games where you like have to trick everyone into a giant ponzi scheme that would be quite... probably <laughs> probably been a few yeah i don't know actually i can't think of the top but maybe like like a multi-level marketing game uh, well hang on isn't like technically aren't like the the old facebook games kind of that <laughs> right <laughs> oh, so yeah. in real life <laughs> Yeah, like the mafia you, thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like you needed to trick your friends to start playing the game so you got benefits. Yeah, that's true. Farmville, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Come water my plants. But that's, I'm not sure that counts because that, that's like, that is literally in real life. It's not a game <laughs> about that. About that. <laughs> it is that. <laughs> it yeah. just is that. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose you're right. 
<laughs> that could be quite a fun strategy game, a game about default, you know. I, I defrauding people. I would say that there's always certainly been some at some point. Hmm. I don't know, because yeah, it'd be presumably like a really complex thing to actually try and make right. It's, hmm. it's got to be mechanically odd. Like, is it conversational? Is it puzzly? Is it hmm. something like that? But it's also got to have like changing dynamics, right? Because people become aware of a certain yeah, and exactly. To other things. And yeah. And how does that play out if you start a new game? Does that mean like the, the slate is clean and you can just revert to tactic? Or I mean, there's that game that came out quite recently, the Cult Simulator. That's probably oh. got similar kinds of mechanics, I imagine. Yeah, that, that that could be quite yeah interesting. It's just it gets very dark very quickly, doesn't it? But then video games often are quite dark, so. <laughs> Yeah, but like you could, you could probably pull it off and be like a happy-go-lucky con man or something, or maybe, it, maybe you eventually get to the point where you're like doing, doing like casino heists or something, rather than just being a straight con artist. You're putting all your mm. conning skills together to make a heist. Yeah, definitely potential there. Pitch it. I mean, there's been like mafia games where you have to do protection rackets and stuff, wasn't it? What was that game? Construction or whatever. The... Constructor. Oh, constructor. <laughs> constructor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that thing. Available on Steam somehow. Available on Xbox. Somehow got remastered some for some reason, right? Yeah, just a bit. Weird. For some word of definition of remaster, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Making it work is the first step for a lot Making of these old games. <laughs> right, we should talk about the video game news because there's somewhat to cover i would say well the fact that we're doing a whole other podcast yeah. replace that. <laughs> extra yeah. bonus cast for you guys so Lucky let, you. let's get into it um yeah we had because at the end of the last cast we basically ran out of time before we could cover the pc gaming show uh and also we the future games show has happened which uh, might as well have been another pc gaming show <laughs> pretty much yeah uh but we've also had ea play as well, or EA Play Live. And that, that's maybe or like, live. you know, that's maybe the more important one for being one of the traditional E3 ones. Absolutely, yeah, it's one of the bigger ones. And also because well, you, need, you always need to talk about how EA have fucked up this year. <laughs> well, yes, it, that's important to note. It's, it's like, how, how, what is EA this year? Uh, all right, so I'm going to make a, we're making a, a, an, an effort to cover for this we can actually talk about and i'm gonna we're gonna do even more cuts this time um so we might be able to get through in the span of one podcast <laughs> yeah i think we'll be able to do that because it's still so even some of these ones i those marked i think will probably just be it, be aware about this because we are vaguely interested in it but we can't really say much more than what it looked like so you know there, there may be brief descriptions but one game we might have some uh some thoughts on it's Torchlight 3. Ooh. Now in early access, apparently. And everyone um, hates it. I, Do they? I mean, from what from what they showed here, I, I got, well, it looks a hell of a lot like Torchlight. I, like, I didn't really see anything particularly different about it, other than the fact that one of the characters is a train mancer? Or something like that seems to summon trains? <laughs> <laughs> like a necromancer for trains. Yeah. 
was it Trackmancer or something? Trackmancer, something like that. Railmancer. But, uh, and and you've got a robot guy now, steam steam robot. I mean, what else is actually different about this game? I can't really, I can't see it. Well, the problem is that like they were going to make a free to play MMO, and now they've taken that and hashed it into trying to make a, a sort of Guild Warsy esque MMO styled you know torchlight game so it's still but, online then yeah it's still online in fact it's you know it's always online which that immediately pisses everyone off to start with because then all the servers got fucked up on them during the launch and then no one could play it so you know yeah. traditional yeah, yeah, online launch but then it also appears that, that like too much they didn't do enough work past the free-to-play like version of this game they just pretty much might have well have just put out the free-to-play version of this game because it doesn't have nearly as much like content like even just the skill trees are smaller than torchlight 2 skill trees and torchlight 2 didn't really have that much of a skill tree to start with <laughs> so you want more not less i mean are we jumping the gun a little because it's an early access game or or do you think this is actually just their vision well it's hard to say because i guess the vision was the mmo but you know what I mean. well yeah <laughs> it's hard to say because like there's all it's like there's a, there was also a lot of fucking around with like the developer the team and whatever like i think it I, i'm not sure this the people making torchlight now are actually the people who made torchlight before i think they partially sold the rights of the company and something right cause it's was, not it like was, the old diablo it? people that originally made torchlight or whatever that was back in the day was it runic Did yeah that right yeah it's a different company now, I think, but whether that was like part, whether it's still partially them and they had a name change or whether it was just like they totally sold it off or passed off development or whatever you want to call it. Licensed it. Or yeah. Something. But yeah, it just seems like it's, it's too, it's too much like another Torchlight game without, you know, improvements and, and maybe some subtractions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't really get a. Even though it was one of those like like bits of bits of the show where they had a had a developer talking about it, um, uh, alongside footage of it, it's like I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't quite. I just didn't get a grasp for why this is. You know, <laughs> for why this is, it's like it just didn't, didn't seem like there was anything particularly new to it, other than hey, we changed the four characters. No, and I mean Torchlight Two was basically like that as well compared to Torchlight One. It was like this. <laughs> I mean, it's slightly well, there, better. There were, there were a few, a few differences. Man. Like it was more of a, it was less of a go in hole. Here's a set. Well, they tried to. Well, it's because they they tried to layer like a world on top of the randomly generated dungeons, where it's like you have the world map and then you go into the dungeons. But it was like really the world map kind of sucks, <laughs> and it just wasn't as fun as like the dungeon parts. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of with you there because I bounced off Torchlight 2 pretty hard, and I don't normally bounce off games, but I didn't, I didn't get any draw with two, um, and I finished one. Well, I did, you know, the main story of one, and then, and then that effect happened on me that always happens, where it's like I finished the story, I'm never playing this again. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, whereas I know you, cut, you know, you latched onto it severely, didn't you, and kept going for ages. Well, I, um, not as long as one. <laughs> Right. No, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. One, you carried on a long time after the story, and then two, you just sort of finished, and then 
I don't which, know. Which... I don't even remember if I finished it. I mean, I might. No, really. I don't uh, like. Maybe I did. I just don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about the story in Torchlight Two has stuck at all, apart from the alchemist dude from Torchlight One is the bad guy now. That's that's pretty much the only story point I remember about Torchlight Two. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well then, if you've got some Torchlight itch. Maybe. Play Torchlight Two, probably. Yeah, maybe don't don't play Torchlight Three. Well, I mean, that has been what has been happening to me. I've been thinking about Torchlight again. I was like, I, I could go play Torchlight Two, I guess. <laughs> That'd probably be better. But I didn't. So I, some gems. I think I yeah, I think I may have resisted the the getting back into that grind. <laughs> Eat gems to other gems to make bigger gems. Yep. Eat your bag. Uh, Elite Dangerous is getting another... another well, I was about to say free update, but I'm not sure how the Elite Dangerous <laughs> updates work. I should yeah. free. I don't know. But, um, yeah, called Odyssey, uh, early 2021. Uh, and it looks like they're focusing on more planetary stuff, including perhaps wandering around on foot. Okay. I'm not sure exactly what i go come to an Elite game for, but... Because currently you drive around, do you, in buggies and stuff? Yeah, I think there's some of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's always hard to tell the difference between Elite Dangerous and you know all the other games that are doing that. Yeah. Like, I, I, have, I have a little bit of a memory block between it and No Man's Sky, to be honest. Having, like... Well... Even though I think Elite is probably the better game. Odyssey is, well. listed, Odyssey is listed on Steam as a DLC, and the previous one, Horizons, was 20 quid. So. Uh, okay, so they are, just, they are paid expansion. Yep, seems like it. But, uh, presumably because they changed the whole... Because it, it, Elite Dangerous is an online game, right, prim, primarily. So I wonder if they it does have knock-on <laughs> effects to all players. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works in Elite. Uh, yeah, I mean, presumably, if it if it for planetary stuff, it can just be like a separate zone that you go into, essentially. <laughs> so maybe it doesn't. Maybe that is compatible with the concept of multiplayer. <laughs> like, if you don't have the DLC, you don't have the authorization to fly into planets. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe you can't, or you just don't have a landing gear or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, you can't, can't buy landing gears. Can't even get black market ones for some reason. Ooh, those black market landing gear. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got. I know someone who's relatively into his elite, and, uh, but you know, he's only, only ever plays the base game on on PS4, um, and just loves it for that. Really, he doesn't he's never in, engaged with any of the planetary stuff. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, even maybe that's just because he's not got that far. I'm not sure, or maybe mm. it's not 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 apparent, but. Yeah, he's the one person I know that plays it. <laughs> the one. Uh, yeah, we talked. We already mentioned Persona 4 Golden is now on Steam, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah, really. that's cool. Kind yeah, of. A big I mean, deal, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's like so. It's people like, really like that one, right? A masterpiece of games, mm. and it's just. Uh, well, what, does this mean we'll get a Persona 5 PC version? In like. Six years. <laughs> yeah. Whenever Persona 4 actually came out. It, I've always found it weird that it just n never did come out anywhere, like on 
you know, on too many platforms. Like, did Sony have a deal down somewhere? To, well, you know, I mean, it's not like it was like one of the bigger companies because Atlas, you know, Atlas, they're not yeah. they're not huge. Maybe they just were like, we 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 can only make it for this one platform. Well, before before all the platforms started to become one platform, where it becomes yeah. easier to make pause. Yeah, I guess maybe it doesn't make sense. It might not have made sense for Atlas to have made a, an Xbox version per se, because you know that whole Japanese divide thing. Yeah, Xbox isn't really a thing. Maybe it's not on their radar. But you know, a PC version I thought would have done. Always would have done well, but it was still a long hey, time ago. Yeah. Uh, a whole lot of stuff happened, and then there was Humankind, which looks like Sega is publishing a Civilization game. Hmm. So, who are the developers behind this exactly? Like, what's their pedigree? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the trouble. Whenever nowadays, when you have things that are published by like Sega or Team Seventeen, yeah, like they they are mean? just publishers now. It's just like they're, they're not actually making this game. Yeah. So it is Amplitude Studios, apparently. It's not some <laughs> X for Axis people or something, is it? No, I don't think so. Oh, they make the endless games. Oh, they're right. That's who they are. That's why I ah, recognize that name. Right. Hmm. So Dungeons of the Endless. and. Amplitude. So I guess they do have some pedigree in 4X type stuff. Endless Space and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Or Endless Legend. I forget which one's which. <laughs> I think I've got a copy of Endless Space, but never played it. And yeah, you obviously played Dungeons of the Endless as well. Yeah, which is like t- totally not a, one of those. Video on the site. We did do that one, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> it's getting Just to the point where I'm starting to forget what we've done. It was in the Ds. We even got to that yeah, in the yeah, actual yeah. letters. The Steam Ds. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's kind of all they've done really is those mm. now they're doing something which looks like way bigger in scope yeah well, I mean I don't know about bigger it's sort of the same it's a 4x of some kind only now it's real life not space aliens <laughs> I guess I mean it looks superficially a lot like civilization right it looks so much like Civ right except not quite as nice in art style in my view but there you go it has a quite nice um Art style, but I don't know how it compares with Civ Six for you guys. I mean, I would struggle to tell the difference. I think really put them, yeah. put them next to each other, probably yeah. because I'm not so um, au fait with how Civ Six looks. I was more Civ, you know, I played five kind of guy. Five, yeah, but uh, no, I haven't yet touched Six. Um, the only sort of like real difference I noticed is how the cities look. I think in humankind, mm. where they they seem to sprawl more. Yeah, so they they take up more an appropriate amount of space on the map. Well, or, or more space. I don't know about appropriate. Depends what the actual yeah. scale of the rest of the map is. Yeah, it's hard to say in these games because the uh, scale is pretty skewed just in general. Yes, it, I mean it was always silly when cities even took up one whole square. Yeah, <laughs> that always seemed. I mean, since six, they night. like massively grow out, right? Don't they? Yeah. yeah, and they end up overlapping each other, and you're not actually sure which one's which city. Yeah, I mean that sort of happened in five as well. To some extent, I guess that does happen in real life, but not that much. No, you well, don't have like a city that covers the whole continent. Essentially, <laughs> it's not Coruscant. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
No, I guess not. I mean, I get London's the weirdest one in this country, right? For that, because it's not. You know, the various boroughs of London are still technically London, but it's a ridiculous area. Yeah. And yeah. And you think think of Japan, where like most of its, uh, most of you know the area that is Tokyo and Osaka, it's kind of like it's kind of one place. It doesn't yeah. really stop. Yeah. Osaka is far farther away, though, isn't it, from Tokyo? Do you just mean like? Uh, yeah, maybe I'm not thinking about. Oh, was it Yokohama? Maybe is that maybe? Yeah, Yokohama? yeah. I mean, it's huge. Um, that the whole Bay Area, right? It's basically one giant megalopolis thing. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no, there's no break. No. In the buildings, it's just, it's just constant until until you hit a certain point in the sort of in the Midlands, I suppose, and then suddenly it's like, oh, the houses have stopped. What's going on? Where are we? Well, oh, there's Mount Fuji. <laughs> Pretty much how that happens. I like to play Japan in in Civ, Civ Six for some reason. I can't remember what their unit is. It's like Samurai. It's pretty good. Yeah, in that, yeah. yeah. I think I tried that in a, in a co-op game with Yuzak, didn't I? I was Japan yeah. on Civ Five, right? It did not go well because everyone would remember... fight me all the time. <laughs> I don't remember why we, whether you chose that specifically or whether it was random. Like. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, I think we might have gone random. Um, I feel like the easiest is often to get like the sieve with the special. You get the special boost and unit really early on. Uh, sometimes it could depend though, because like sometimes if we, if it's too early, you never actually get to use it, depending on how you actually play the game. Depending on how you play, yeah. But I remember the Sumerians have some kind of war cart thing that means you just crush everyone right at the start. I think the because you know the old overpowered tactic in Civ Five was always cultural victory. So you had the civilizations that give you an early culture bonus, so you can get ahead, and then you can basically you're basically unstoppable. Right. <laughs> when I forget which one it is, but there's like that one that gives you where it replaces the standard temple with like a better temple, and the temple is basically the first building you build in every city, <laughs> and it's like that just gives you such a massive boost to culture. <laughs> My problem often in Civ Six is I ignore the religion part, and then I don't defend myself, and then they convert everything, <laughs> my whole civilization without before I really notice. Yeah, that was annoying in Civ Five, where it was just like you had to commit super hard to super early to just like I need to found a religion. I have to get in the door of making my own religion so I can actually have like claim a religion essentially. Yeah, because <laughs> if you didn't claim one before the the like whatever six there were ran out, you were basically fucked. <laughs> Anyway, humankind. You couldn't, you couldn't like ally, like ally with a religion. Then. Well, I mean, you could, but if it, oh, it's, if, oh, it's fine for that to be. If it wasn't like, if it wasn't, if you hadn't found the religion, the, you didn't get the bonus that, that 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 would give, and therefore you were just automatically always going to be worse at that religion, even if you like adopted it. So it just, mm. it was a really dumb and annoying system. <laughs> Where you just had to you had to make sure to found a religion before all the religion runs out. <laughs> <laughs> you should, should just have a custom religion mode. Like build your own. Like, why can't I be a pastafarian? <laughs> it does. Well, now it does. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, it <laughs> definitely, definitely didn't in five. No, no it does. Yeah. In six. And maybe in humankind, we shall see. Mm. Mm. Humankind. Not to be confused with that ancestors game. No. <laughs>
Uh, what else we got? Just random shout out to Evil Genius too, because it exists. It seems like it. They, you know, took long enough to make that. <laughs> it's been a while, hasn't it? Well, I mean, it's been like a super long while since Evil Genius One. I mean, I guess, it, I guess Evil Genius One technically is like not at, you know, it's not as old as Dungeon Keeper Two or anything. No, <laughs> it's, no, it's significantly more modern than those, but still. <laughs> I don't know why it's taken this long. I guess I'm just not quite sure how how the flow of that game works to some extent. It's just like it's the stuff where it, um you know you send your minions off to do do evil deeds. It's like is that is that literally like a I'll put them in the mail, they'll come back in a few in a little while, and with a success well, or a failure rate, probably you have to go and play those heists in some way. Or <laughs> no, I wouldn't have thought so. I imagine it's probably just a thing, just like Assassin's Creed. You send them out, and then they get stat bonuses. <laughs> Mm. You're only really managing your layer rather than the your layer. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'd maybe I'd want more than that. I'm not sure. But it does seem like they've at least made a made they've made something that's maybe slightly more interesting than the Dungeon Keeper Two like traps or whatever. Like you, you basically have like your front facing area of your layer where it's like, oh, this is a perfectly normal casino on this island. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but then you've got to try and sleuth out who the in, like the spies are. Well, maybe I don't know how it actually works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That wasn't wasn't super clear. Still, I don't think you have long to wait. That's out this year. Um, I'm gonna have a little men- little mention here of the definitive edition of the Mafia, or just Mafia, not the Mafia, Mafia Kings. Um, it was just. <laughs> Because uh, I don't know, that game looks pretty good. Like, there's, there's, there's always there's something visually appealing about the, that '50s gangster aesthetic, right? It's like mm, it, just, it, yeah. just, it just seems cool. But I've never I've never played any of the actual mafia games because it sounds like they're always slightly flawed in some way. Mm. But one of those, it seems like they might be one of those, you know, open world but kind of dead and empty, you know, because yeah. they're not haven't got the quite got the power to. You know, make it a living world quite the way Rockstar can. You know, and also yeah. maybe like one of those situations where they're sticking slightly too close to like realism. Where it's like these cars had them like shit because it was the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> La Noir. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and then La Noir that was technically Rockstar, although it was Bondi Studio or whatever. But that was like a kind of it was cool looking the the nineteen fifties, forties, fifties. Los Angeles, but it was kind of dead compared to a GTA city. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, and, and it was extra weird. Alain Noir had the extra weird thing if they put those film reels, like yeah, you know, like collectibles, anywhere on this massive map. Yeah, and dumb. it was the only thing to do in the map. There's so nothing was, like, to do. The, yeah, it was the most tedious collectible thing I've ever come across. It yeah, was it was just, dumb. There were plenty of the buildings and stuff were actually quite explorable, but there'd be nothing in them. Mm. Not even one of these film reels, and you'd be like, "Why is this so open? It's too open." Yeah, bit of a weird one. But this looks nice. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Was Mafia Three might have been the game where there was a whole load of YouTube videos of people trying to put stuff in phone boxes. Yeah, <laughs> and then physics. Uh, 
Potionomics, which I think actually looks pretty cool. Um, Zach and I both played Racketeer back in the day. And yep. That was a thing, which was about managing the, uh, the shop in an RPG. But you actually had to go dungeoning in order to get the equipment to put in your shop. Uh, as far as we can tell, Potionomics does it well with the dungeoning bit and doubles down on the actual, hey, you're going to manage this. You're going to manage the crap out of this shop. Right. Mm. But hopefully that means that they, you know, have invented some more mechanics for that. Because the rest of the Reconteer thing was like, okay, you've got like the, the whole bathroom kind of, kind of, and then like the positioning in the shop. Sure. But you I could, mean, if you're going to make a whole game that's only that, you're going to need a few more mechanics. Yeah. I mean, what they've shown did sound like they were about building relationships with, with people and, you know, the bartering system wasn't, uh, was it was about matching personalities, so you had to pick choices based on what the, that character. Not just you might like this thing. Yeah, here's a price. It was about actually having a conversation with that guy to convince them to buy it based on their personality. And, I mean, it looked like a, it looked like there were cards involved, so there might be a deck building game. Yeah, in yeah, there, yeah. It, as is the thing at the moment. Yeah, deck, deck building is <laughs> Yeah, so many of them. But it's I don't know this. Something about it looked like it could work and be and be kind of fun. I've got that vibe, you know. Potionomics. But, but, oh yeah. And avoided the story element they showed where it's like you've got a weird helper creature thing and you're a girl running a shop. It's like, it's like that's not even trying to not be anything other than Racketeer, as if that wasn't intentional it's just like what well, how did that happen i mean i guess it is kind of an obvious trope in some ways yeah i guess <laughs> uh i've got a little marker here because zach might know something about story of seasons friends of mineral town <laughs> well you know that it's <laughs> missing the first part of its title <laughs> Harvest Moon. Yep. Story of Seasons, <laughs> Friends of Mineral Town. Because for, for some reason they've they've they decided to release that with like not its full title. Like, I mean, is that an intentional like subversion? Do they not want it to be able to be like, oh, it's Harvest Moon, so I'm going to skip that because I know what Harvest Moon is. Is that just a Western thing? Is it still called Harvest Moon in Japan, do you reckon? No, because I'm pretty sure when that game actually came out the first time on the Switch, I guess, it was had its full name. Oh, what? Harvest Moon Story of Season? Yeah. Is this a was straight that sequel to that? I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure it is just a re-release. Mm. But anyway... Uh, you, I guess you'd only need to look at it for like several seconds to realize that it was a Harvest Moon game because they all play the same way and they have done the whole time, which is why when when I the one time I tried to play Harvest Moon, which I think may have even been a demo of that game, I was like, oh god, I can't stand this, it's not Stardew. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much slower and more clunky than Stardew is. I think I've only ever played one Harvest Moon game and, I, and it was on the Wii. Mm. And it was mystical melody or something like it was strange because it was both farming and yeah. Well, they always they always notes. have an ad. <laughs> yeah, not just farming. And uh, yeah, I didn't take to it. <laughs> I'm not, like it's the only Harvest Moon game I played, and I haven't taken to it. I guess it wasn't the classic, it wasn't the original. Or, yeah, but the originals yeah, wouldn't have been any better than that. 
not. It's always been like that. So, you know, play Stardew instead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to mention uh, Amulet of Chaos, uh, which looks like to be a sort of fantasy adventure tactics game because I kind of liked its humor in the trailer. And also, Felicia Day's a character in it, so. Just nice. She's cool. She is cool. Still. Also, it's a tactics game, you know, so it's like it's not really a. I was a bit worried it was going to end up being like a dungeon crawler or another torchlighty type thing, but, but. It's tactics. And then I go through the slight moment of, oh, wait, hang on, there's an awful lot of tactics games out at the moment. Yeah. We're and in tactics the, season again for some reason. And, and equally, you know, it's a matter of which one is the good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my final pick from the PC gaming show is uh, Surgeon Simulator 2, because it's it. They did the obvious thing, right? And it's like they couldn't just make it just about the surgery anymore. Now they had to make it more of a. You can explore the entire medical facility. We've got hand out awkwardly because that's how all surgeons work apparently in this world. I feel like <laughs> I don't know about. I, it's like I'm not entirely certain about that game because I mean. The way they've shot the trailer, especially, feels like it's leaning heavily into VR, which I mean, it's fine because <laughs> that sure. game, the first game, was fine in VR as well. Yeah, yeah. But like, well, no, I actually think like the VR version of Surgeon Simulator must have been so much easier. Yeah, but the, because it was about the co-op style awkward hand control. Yeah, and that seems to be like that doesn't seem to be so much of a thing any longer in this one either. It's like because the whole point of certain, the first the simulator was like individual finger controls, yeah, <laughs> and that was why it was super awkward and difficult. And now I've got to roll my hand. But now it just looks oh, no, like I've accidentally thrown the hammer. It looks very more like the like you know you just put your hand near a thing and it like whoop and then it's just in your hand. <laughs> yeah, a bit more of a poppy I'm, effect. I'm, well, I think they might have realised the whole simulator co-op style thing is kind of overdone right it's well sure there's, there's, there's been, a, there's been a ton of those as well there's been a ton of imitators but they did the good one <laughs> they did do the good one <laughs> so maybe they felt, felt like oh we have to take this in a different direction well i mean if it is maybe slightly pushing towards vr maybe they were more committed to that's why it's a bigger world and all that's all the other physics stuff it's like they're making it more about the the the, like physicality of vr rather than the physicality of like keyboard buttons (laughs) yeah perhaps they didn't explicitly say this was going to be uh, obviously because if it wasn't vr they'd have a new problem to solve which is the, the the moving around stuff sure they, they, they'd, have, they'd have that classic VR. It was just something about the way it looked in the trailer. It felt VR-ish. Hmm. But it's got a creation mode now, so you can make your own hospitals and scenarios and things. Hmm. Whatever that means, outside the, you know, the surgery part, which is the game. Yeah, like how crazy can you get with it? <laughs> like you, can build, you can build this, like you can put a couch over here, and it's like, Why? <laughs> Yeah, I want to. I want them to go deep on that and have it like so they can you can define rule sets within like Surgeon Simulator's stupid mechanics and be like, right, this is the game we're playing. Hmm, maybe intestinal pong. I don't know. They should have just gone like they should have 
I don't know if you could if like it would make any sense for the branding. Like you wouldn't, probably wouldn't be able to call it Surgeon Simulator any longer. But they should sort of just combined like that and the other games that are like the IKEA simulations and whatnot. It just made it so that everything in the world can be disassembled into parts. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you can surgery that couch. Yeah, just make everything deconstructible and reattachable, and just have, have the world be completely fucked up. <laughs> I'm taking the foam out of this couch. I'm going to put it where his brain was. <laughs> and I'm going to take the fish out of this fishbowl and put the brain in there. Because reasons. I'm a doctor now. Turn the simulator to. Uh, out I, in August, I think they said, on Epic Games Store. Operation. Cool. And apparently the dead guy has a name. He's called Bob. <laughs> Poor old Bob. Uh, yeah, so that was the PC gaming show. It was all right. I think I preferred, like a lot of things this year, actually, I think I preferred the format of the PC gaming show where they didn't have a stage. They mostly followed the same pattern. Mm. but it somehow worked a little better where they were just sitting around. Well, you know it, it was the same presenters. There was still Sean Plot and Frankie, someone or another. Sorry, Frankie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it didn't feel quite so awkward this time around. They could I, just be getting better. I still always feel like Sean is like good at casting but not so good at presenting I don't think he's as good on script as he is like you know off the cuff right. commentating sure but you know that's just because I've seen more of his stuff in general sure so less Sean plot more day nine in yeah your, that's, your... What, that's what I'd go for okay <laughs> also weirdly this is like one of those things that you probably shouldn't comment on but he looked way older in the PC gaming show than he does on his streams right now <laughs> I don't know why I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I think it's... Had he not... Was it his hair? Because he's got like a receding hairline, right? He's got yeah, and it looked kind of grey. But it had grown a bit, right? And So maybe if he'd shaved it, shaved it off, he'd actually look younger. I don't know. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's just that, that Playboy bunny, that Playboy mansion like jacket he was wearing or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it didn't help. Or maybe it was just some weird lighting because he wasn't in his usual... Or weird to us, the people who would normally have seen him. Yeah, however that was even filmed. Yeah. Some green screen work at play. Uh, yeah, that was a PC gaming show. Um, but I quite liked how the future game show handled themselves as well, because they got Nolan North and Emily Rose, you know, that Nathan Drake and Elena from Uncharted, mm-hmm. to host... And they were kind of doing that whole shtick uh, in this show. And, and they're then, good at that. And then Sony sued them all. <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> the they fuck? Were, they, they, were, they were doing the shtick, but they didn't explicitly call themselves Nathan and Elena. Although they did talk about that time when Nolan played Crash Bandicoot. Okay. You know, like in Uncharted 4. <laughs> so, all right. Like I enjoyed it. I thought they did a good job. Um, uh, yeah, there's a, a few picks from this that I'm going to keep my eyes out for. Uh, Signy, 
all guns blazing, which looks like a traditional shmup, but I got um, good Ikaruga vibes from it, or Ikaruga, however you pronounce it. Um, yeah, sort of yeah, top-down vertical shooter. Uh, but the enemy designs looked quite quite a character, sort of blobby ships that sit there. Mm, cool. Uh, yeah, look, it looked good. I want to, uh, you know, I, I haven't played a shmup in a while actually, and it sort of I watched that and was a bit like, oh yeah, Ooh. I I I really like shmups, don't I? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes, you. Yeah. Might be time for a shmup. Maybe I should play one. <laughs> uh, Hotshot Racing turned up again with the same trailer. I think they showed at the. Um, indie showcase um but i want to mention it again because i actually went i went and watched some other stuff about how that game's getting on and i i think that game looks cool it's like it's a uh the the way it seems to play at the moment is is it's very fast but they from what i can tell they play with the idea of rubber banding in that like the ai will catch you up because drafting is hella powerful um, so you've got to be doing. You got. To, you've got to be drafting. You've got to be drifting, uh, and drifting builds up boost ridge racer style. So you've got to be managing all of that simultaneously and strategizing when to make your moves in order to take the flag right at the end, kind of thing. It, it looks fun. It really does. Um, also, you know, it has old school video game tropes of like must put a Ferris wheel on the side of the track and go through an underwater tunnel for some reason. You know, with a glass ceiling. <laughs> I'm interested. Cool. Uh, looks cool. Uh, also picked up on Neon Abyss, uh, which looked like a side-scrolling, uh, crazy-ass roguelike type thing. Pixel graphics, quite into the gungeon, exit the gungeon-esque, but super neon. Uh, and I thought Zach might be vaguely interested in it, but he doesn't appear to have uh, seen it. There's too many of those as well. <laughs> yeah, there are quite a few. But this one, this one looked especially gungeon-y, just or just you know from the uh, side-on perspective, from top down. Uh, and you know, exit the gungeon wasn't exactly that well received. Um, Enter was, but exit not so much. But maybe this is that, but better. Mm. Uh, they during their little montage section in the middle of the show, a um, couple of little things I noticed. Um, one of them is the fact that Windjammers 2 seemed to be showing itself as just Windjammers. So have they dropped the two for starters? No, they haven't. <laughs> no, you know, it was just weird. Like, why put just the Windjammers logo up there? It was, it was odd. Um, uh, and also the footage they were showing had a big marker at the on the screen saying pre-alpha footage and I'm like you've been in production for friggin ages it's like when are you coming out how can you still be showing pre-alpha stuff have you not got anything new uh, and the other thing I noticed was uh, uh, just because of how it looked I want to look more into what this game actually is um, but it's uh, Anno Mutation M which is a cool uh, pixel art cyberpunk thing Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to have some like 2D slasher combat, and it's like I'd, I'd quite like to. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I really liked how that looked more than anything. So I want to see what that game actually is. So more to come. I uh, won't talk about it now. I just like just like the um, main assembly is out in early access. 
which seems to be a vehicle construction, primarily about vehicle construction. All right. Okay. There. Well, that was the game that I said that there was a beta of on the last last podcast, not the last podcast, <laughs> two podcasts ago at least. That I inferred that I got got the beta for that I hadn't played, and then I played it for uh, like a couple of hours, and it was real boring. <laughs> oh, really? It, the trouble is that like. They've made another vehicle construction game because there's tons of those as well at the moment, as as we've been saying about everything. Mm-hmm. But they've made another one of those that, like, the gimmick is that they doesn't use like blocks for the for like the bodywork. It uses like polygons essentially. You like draw, you have a point and then you extrude that into a line and then you extrude that into a plane and then you can link them all together into a fr- into a framework or whatever. Okay, that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool, but like then the actual parts that make things do stuff, like the wheels and the motors, there's like barely any of those. So it's like you can make really cool looking bodywork, but then you're putting that on top of like the exact same three different kinds of wheel and engine. <laughs> so there's not actually like much to it. There's no, you know, technicalities. And also it's real simple in that aspect. Like you, there's no. You're not managing the power or like connecting motors to batteries or any of that stuff. It's just like you just slap the motor on there and it goes. <laughs> so how did all the like? Because the trailer showed some like logic. Yeah, it has stuff. a little bit of like you can, you know, you can have a a tiny amount of logic circuits that run off you like you when you're pressing the button it does this and then this and then this and then you can have like hinges that toggle between two two states or whatever so you can make some amount of slightly interesting things but then of course the game doesn't actually you know have much to do in it that would require you to do any of that like Hmm. you can make very relatively fancy things but there's no reason to because there's not really like even the sort of missions that they do have it's just like well at least i mean i guess i only got through the tutorial so maybe it gets slightly more complicated as you unlock the parts but like it's much more like you just drive to the place build a machine that can drive to the place and sometimes that's up a hill or around a dodgy bit of walkway or whatever Mm. see i thought like again so not really in the trailer but I got the impression, or maybe I overthought it, that they this is the sort of game where you'd want like to be able to build contraptions in order to maybe come up with custom games that you might play with your mates, kind of thing. It's like, well, okay, this, here's a challenge for you: get this thing up to this thing. The like, sandbox, this really bonkers machine. Here you go. The sandbox mode, which is what I did after I got through the tutorials, is just like it does have like quite a large open worldish map with like the, and then then and then within that map, there's also like little mini mini games i guess that aren't really specific where it's just like if you go over here to where there's a racetrack you can start an actual race and then it'll keep track of your lap times or whatever mm. so you design a vehicle to make to be better at driving i guess and so there is the, it tries to do that a bit but again it just seems like there's just not nearly enough parts to it yeah do you know what i mean i'd, I'd kind of want it to be like like oh hey you can build rocket league in it or something like hey you can build cars and play football or something like, like have have some rule sets or things you can devise and yeah i, 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 I guess that's kind of what i want out of one of those games like, so you could go mario maker style and just download a thing and it's like oh here's our take on this i mean you probably can but it's still going to be limited by the number of parts in it and how sure. complicated you can actually operate the parts that are there how much here's programming a, there actually is here's a quap style runner but with a really bizarre machine get it to go in the right direction go <laughs> 
All right, so not not on Zach's list particularly. Um, uh, I'm going to mention Blanco's Block Party, not because I think it's a particularly good-looking game, um, but because of some of what they've said about how this game is actually going to work. Um, like, so it you seem to be constructing, like, playing as these ugly-looking Lego Man-type figures. I don't know, they're sort of halfway between a Lego Man and a, a Funko Pop. The weirdly fat, dumpy-looking things of like... like <laughs> you mean Roblox? <laughs> not, not quite. Roblox look more Minecrafty, but sort of that direction, I guess, but fatter. Um, and <laughs> uh, and, and it's, it's like a create-your-own-platformer sort of framework. Um, where, yeah, players can construct platforming games or they can construct shooting games or they can construct some other, you know, other types of things, but generally where you're this little fat sack boy running around. Um, but they've... Uh, they want to try... It sounds like they want to try and do a sort of dreams on it a little bit. And so they're, they're ha having things about verifiable ownership of content. So, like, if you make something... Uh, they want it so it can always be traced back to you in some way. So if if you're the creator of a particular thing, and then that thing gets used in a, in lots of other levels, like that comes back to you in some way. Um, Second life. <laughs> yeah, kinda. And I don't know if that if I read into it more, but I kind of got a like, oh, maybe that means there'll be some kickbacks kind of vibe. I don't. Uh, yeah, I might have overread that a little bit, but um. Uh, that was just, that's the way they said it is sort of described things like that. Because um, uh, they, they, they used the phrase, we want to legitimize the gray market of video games. Like, uh, as if to say, like, oh, hey, when you're putting stuff on the like Steam store, or for instance, or when it goes on the marketplace and it's uh, being sold around, it's kind of a weird gray area of games marketing. And it's like, no, we want, to, we want, we want in on that. We want to make it good. I mean, that is definitely what Second Life does, though, right? It's pretty much I mean, yeah. the same system <laughs> where you have you create something and then you lock it down and then you can talk like, can you edit this? Can you adjust this in any way? Or is it just a completely locked set of polygons that you could only apply yeah. to a different character? Can you, can you sell it? And I think Dreams has the same thing as well. It's the same systems. <laughs> well, I don't know, but Dreams obviously doesn't have any selling aspects to assets and things like that. It's, yeah, I don't know. It seemed weird. But it just seems like hugely brought down by the fact that these fat little characters seem, and the art style of the thing just was hugely unlikable from my perspective. Well, I didn't stop Roblox. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, they were talking about other things as well. Like they'd have, like, when uh, the way they're collectibles or the, the, like if you were collecting Blancos. That they would have stuff that was specifically only available for a set period of time, and then it will never be available again. So, like, they want ownership to mean something, and they stressed that. Um, yeah, just a just a slightly odd thing, like in in like some lofty marketing ambitions based on a game that I didn't think seemed all that great. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Well, let's skip on down to... Uh, well, let's just say Disintegration came out. That weird... Uh, a bunch of ex-Bungie guys making a 
grab cycle shooter, but also with an RTS element. I think we that was announced last year, maybe at TGAs. Yeah, that came out. Cool. Um, I think some Good. places like it, and some places think it's a bit meh, because the combination of mechanics is kind of odd. But might be worth a look. X Bungie guys might be good. Uh, Operation Tango out next year. Um, I'm not sure the trailer really showed any gameplay, but they're setting it up to be uh, one agent goes into a building to do a nefarious deed of some kind, uh, whereas the other player, in a co-op fashion, is hacking the building systems in order to enable the other player to do things. So you'll have to work together to get the job done. And uh, I don't know, the concept obviously sounds kind of neat, but it all depends yeah. on what the execution is. Because I can't help but, in any of these sort of like asymmetric style games, I always feel like one player gets the bum deal, right? Like a lot of the time, like there's one role that's just not as interesting. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. you know, you want ideally for it to be interesting to someone, and, you know, and then have a nice balance where some people want to do that and some people want to do the other thing. But typically, yeah. there's one annoying one, isn't there? Which is tricky if both players want to end up doing the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> that's that's the risk, and it's um. Uh, yeah, I, I see. I'm always I'm a little bit skeptical on what the hacker's role will be. Honestly, it's like yeah. I mean, you, you can you can easily imagine walking around a building and doing that, doing the sort of heisty stuff from from that player's perspective. But like, what is the hacker doing? And like, there's like are they, if they're, are they just watching a map and saying there's a guy there. <laughs> it's like like or I mean, like, I'm could, opening the door for you now. But that like, could be fun. Being like the operator from the Matrix or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, Being this guy's like, in your left. Wait, no, your wait, other run left. Through this, run through this door and I can shut the door. The guys can't follow you. I don't know. I think that could be fun if yeah, that's it how it works. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2021 for that. Um, and also, they showed the, the, the Kenna or Kena uh, Bridge of Spirits trailer again, and the thing that we saw at the PS5. Hmm. But like, okay, why are they showing that here? I was like, oh, there's an Epic Game Store logo that I didn't notice before. So this is also coming to PC. Coolio. Yeah. Happy I mean, that, that's definitely good. Uh, probably more of a console game, but, uh, I mean, you, know, yeah, but it, you know, it's nice to have it on all the options. Yeah, it's just interesting. Like Sony, I guess, bought the console exclusivity, but not the, but still not, don't really care about PC, I guess, right now. Aside from the fact that isn't Horizon Zero Dawn still coming out on PC at some point? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I still don't. I'm. I don't know. I still can't get interested in Horizon for some reason, even though it's supposed to be really good. I've seen my flatmate playing it, and I'm just like. It looks great, but this actual bit of gameplay just doesn't seem that interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of know what you mean. It's sort of it's on my list. Although that falling over. Obviously, the the trailer for the new one looks amazing in terms of graphics, but just in terms of world and gameplay, I just don't quite get it. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like I don't. I because it's not quite. 
doesn't quite have the pull of a well it definitely doesn't have the pull of a Zelda that's the thing and it came out roughly around that Breath of the Wild time and was doing a lot of similar things in some ways and it's like yeah yeah, yeah this is great but it's not, it's not Zelda I, I, I remember yeah people play a sentiment being like it's weird coming from Breath of the Wild and then going to play Horizon and realising I can't climb everything which is really unfair <laughs> because like yeah. you're comparing to maybe the best game ever made <laughs> well yeah, and, and they're quite different in what they're going yeah exactly it's, Anyway, anyway, there's just something slightly off about it for me, but I'm, I'm sure I've I got into it. I'd probably sure. enjoy it. Maybe I wonder if it, is it the same vibe we you're now getting about, or we now feel about Ghost of Sushima? Do you think? Like since since we've seen more of that thing, and it's yeah, it's maybe dampened a little. Like uh, maybe it's a little bit style over substance, but I don't know. It. Because some games can be all... We could have said that about God of War looking outside in, but then you actually play it. Then you actually play it, and it's great. And, like, yeah. I'm actually starting to get a bit worried about The Last of Us, actually, because it looks incredible, but, like, I'm a bit worried that it... Have you seen the the sort of review slight scale on that? Like, apparently, like, it's a critically acclaimed thing, obviously. Yeah. as, As you might expect. But actually, user reviews are... Bombing, like, and it's, no one really knows if, if that's a bombing campaign right now, or right. if people are actually just wailing on it because they don't like it. It's probably a bombing campaign, though. Probably the former, yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, all the shit that happened before. It just looks. It looks amazing, like in terms of like, because typically, like a game with that kind of level of graphical fidelity and stuff is a bit looks a bit more kind of whiz bang, you know, and like Horizon, you know, and saturated. Whereas everything in Last of Us Past Two looks really super like desaturated and like um, oh yeah yeah like Almost rainy and yeah maybe too much, but maybe it works like in the context of the the game. I my main concern is that like the story is going to be um, folk. Well, yeah, but not just hard going because Red Dead got quite hard going towards the end. But mm-hmm. it might suffer from being like over important, like or whatever, or like it, it, you know when it's trying to reach for something super serious and but it doesn't quite earn it. That's what I'm right, worried right, about. Right. That's what I'm worried about. Um, whereas God of War did it perfectly, I think. Mm. Well, even the first Last of Us, like you, you can say, like okay, yeah, it touched on some big themes towards all some potentially world-changing stuff at the end of the game. Yeah. But the the main focus on it wasn't on that. No. The, uh, and I can't, and I really, really hope they do that again because it's like I don't want uh, the best stuff with the little moments in some ways. Exactly. And it's... Uh, well, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Again, might have been my problem with Uncharted in some ways. A lot of the best stuff with the little conversation is not the overall thing, which made no bloody sense. But, yeah. But then Antarctica can get away from it, with it because it's a silly Indiana Jones adventure thing, right? Yeah, it's totally, <laughs> Where, totally stupid. Whereas Uncharted is... Oh, sorry. Whereas Last of Us is going for serious, clearly. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah, anyway. Never mind. That's an aside. But relevant, given that it's now out. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was the future game show. Uh, I, I think there's probably slightly too many of these shows if you think about the Escapist Indie Showcase, the PC Gaming Show, and then the Future Gaming Show. Though, oh, admittedly, there weren't many dupes, but there were a few, and I'm not sure. I don't know. I think there are a lot of medium quality games in there, or at least things that were of medium level appeal to me. 
And I think now actually watching so much of it actually becomes a little bit tiring <laughs> because there's so much of it now. Wow. Even you're tired of it. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, 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 I'm the trailer king, but there was just there was just a lot, man. And I, I, I think I maybe maybe there's just so many of the smaller titles that I need some AAA goodness. Maybe that's what I'm hankering for. Just Come to, on, to, to Cyberpunk. Uh, we haven't had any footage of Cyberpunk since. Oh, it got delayed, by the way. That's news, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, did it? It got delayed again. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's only two months or something. Right. What is it? So November is, is or something. It, okay, so it's still coming. Is it still in this year then? Still this year. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like, "Well, this means I'll be getting it for the PS5 or whatever." You know. Well, yeah, I figured that's where it was like going to land anyway. Yeah. Like, anyway, it's just probably just missed the actual console launch now. I think people are just annoyed. Like, why bother giving a concrete date if you're just going to move it? Why? <laughs> yeah, just just sort of be fuzzy until you, you have to be know. Nintendo. Never say a date until it's actually for the for real date, and then once you say it, you can't change it all ever yeah, for no I mean, for any reason. <laughs> anyway, it's still this year for me. For me, it doesn't really matter whether it's September or November. No, I'm, I'll, I'll happily wait for that thing. It's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, so I guess the closest we'll get to some AAA stuff is that right now is the fact that the EA Play event happened. Right, which, what's going on with EA? It was a nice, short, sharp show rather than them doing some nonsense well, day-long live event that was garbage. I might have to watch well, this because it seems like they've actually said some cool stuff. Uh, I mean, well, maybe. <laughs> it, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. It was still an EA show, and okay. there was a lot of talk. The the talk to actual revelation ratio is pretty low still. And also, a couple of things where it's just like, why, why, why is this here? <laughs> oh, I want to know what you, what, yeah, what you think those are. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. Uh, so they opened with Apex Legends. Uh, just because I guess they have to. Um, it was conveniently timed because it wasn't like the start of a season or anything. They're in like the middle of a the season. They're just like, yeah, there's there's still stuff to come in this season, I guess. Yeah, there's new content coming, and we're focusing on this new character. Uh, and, oh, hey, by the way, we're getting crossplay, and um, uh, and it's coming to Switch. So you can Apex on the go. So, yeah, that's a thing. Good. Um, I haven't played that since, like, I haven't played it, I think, since the first map change they made to it, where they changed one of the areas slightly. And it sounds like it, some of the copy and paste parts of the map are now, uh, you know, with a lot of the buildings, you, you could clearly tell were just lifted from one place and just slapped down in a slightly different arrangement somewhere else. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, some of that is being replaced over time. Um, and, you know, this was announcing, hey, there's a big, there's a big old change to Skull Town. So that's now completely different. So okay, good. I think some of that that can only be for the benefit of the game, really. Uh, yeah. So there was that. Uh, there was a bit about Sims Four, I guess. <laughs> this is the why was this here? <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent, because they were. It felt like they were trying to play the. Uh, there's a lot. Well, they're they're bigging up the whole fact they're on Steam, 
right? Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's literally the only reason that this was here, and yet they still managed yeah. to talk about it forever. It's not like there's a new expansion to The Sims 4, even. It's just like, no, no. it's on Steam now, and so we're going to spend a long... It also, I guess, the other reason it was here is because it gives them a, a convenient angle to talk about inclusivity and shit. <laughs> yeah, I... I know what they're trying to do, and they opened the show with their, their new CEO trying to be all like, oh, hey, by the way, Black Lives Matter, yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, there's a certain element of, and also, by the way, The Sims 4 is inclusive, and we've been doing this forever, buy our game, and I suddenly cringe a little bit. <laughs> it's like, it's fine making the sentiments at the start of the show, but I don't know, this... this, this this felt like a we can score some points for some reason kind of move. <laughs> I don't think they can score points with that though. That's the trouble. Like if it was a new Sims game and they also still said the other, the other stuff, then yes, then, then they could get points. But when they're trying to bring out bring back Sims Four, like the people who care about Sims Four, you know, the inclusivity thing they already knew about for ages, forever. That was that was probably one of the reasons they got into Sims Four. <laughs> So you can't trot out Sims 4 now just to be like, and we're still doing this, except we're not still doing this at all, because this game is real old, and we haven't made anything new for it lately. <laughs> I assume that the version on Steam, because the trailer they showed like also had like, uh, it's like, it's like it's, we've got all of this, and all of this, and all of this. And it's like, did, I assume that means they've just brought all of their content across, not that they're releasing it as a single bundle thing, right? I would assume so. But let me go look at the store page. Okay. <laughs> well, considering the stud, the base game is labelled as seventeen quid, they're probably not packaged into it. Yep, all the decent no. DLCs here. In fact, all the every one of the DLC packs is more expensive than the base game. <laughs> Great. <laughs> although, although, actually, technically, if they weren't on sale, they'd all be the same price. <laughs> right. Wait, so like thirty quid each or something? Yep. 35 oh, and there's five dlc packs the sims everybody don't wait no i lied there's more than five dlc packs there's a lot more than five dlc packs yeah there's the, um, there's is, is there a button to buy them all and uh, if so what is that price there's eight eight of them are the full 35 quid dlc packs and then there's like another the fuck only knows add all dlc to cart 471 quid <laughs> Jesus, and that's with all of them being 30 or 20 percent discounted that's madness <laughs> this way madness lies also this way sims 5 doesn't exist yeah even though right i got like there's a certain there's a graphic in the background of when the lady was talking about sims yeah. And there's a way that the light was shimmering off the green like diamond that made that sort of made the shape of a five. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is the Sims 5 announcement. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Well, I did also notice that when that woman was talking, she's still labelled as Maxis. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, the studio's still called Maxis, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I'm not, I didn't think they kept the name, though, when they folded it in. Well, they they shuttered the Sim City part, didn't they? But well, yeah, sure. I guess the I guess the Sims part of Maxis is still alive. But I didn't think I didn't think they'd kept that company at all. I thought they just internalised it fully. Yeah. Well, EA names all their studios now, aren't they? They're, well, not, sure, I guess. They're not just this is an EA studio working on this. Uh, 
I suppose this is the point where I noticed as well. It's like, oh, hey, the background for this thing is the old EA Electronic Arts logo, right? The square circle triangle. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Not with the right yeah. colors, though. It was just all red. Not the right colors, no. Everything was just pink. Uh, a little nod to say Command & Conquer Remastered is now out, was there, which is the same trailer they have on Steam. So, great. Thanks for that. Um, uh, then we had Crazy Guy of um, A Way Out and um, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons fame. Uh, famous for swearing at the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, at the Oscars, not at the Oscars. Uh, for with his game It Takes Two, which we didn't really get to see any gameplay of. It seems like that's quite an early project, although he says it's like 2021. But it and also seems like, to be like, you know, the thing that they do. With two yeah, players. <laughs> well, except Brothers was one player, right? But, well, technically, yeah, I guess. But yeah, they're making a co-op experience of some kind about a kid trying to get his separated parents back together, maybe, but in fantasy land. But you know, they've done. EA have done what EA does and have tried to like corporatize him. Where it's like he's known for being crazy and swearing and all this shit, but now we're just going to exploit that to the maximum and keep making him do it. Yeah. This is this is his character. It's quite forced it. now. Yeah. I don't know, the game might still be good. Sure. I still I still might quite like to play a way out at some point. Uh another another EA original, Lost in Random. I'm just going to ask this question once. Is the singular version of dice <laughs> die or dice? I mean, it's probably both at this point. <laughs> yeah, how I talk about works. singular dice quite a lot. And, I, and a bit in my head was just going, I don't, I don't know if that's right. I don't, I, like, what? what? what it's usually to referred to as like a, yeah, a 20-sided die or something. A D20, yeah. right? Yeah, they talk. They talk about dice as, as a singular, which is strange to me. Yes, anyway, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's wrong, but not wrong any longer. Yeah, <laughs> as things are now, <laughs> everything's gone to the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even say dice properly. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't quite get a feel for what this game was. It's like probably some sort of action adventure. Um, well, they did very briefly show bits of combat where she's just like yeah. swinging a mace type thing around. Exactly, like walk up to enemy, push X, probably type thing. Um, but yeah, you've got you've got a little, little companion, which is a dice. And it's about in, the game is about embracing random in some way because it's a like even though the town is all the the world is called random, it's being controlled in an attempt to get rid of the the bad stuff that random can bring but it seems like this whole world is actually just bad <laughs> as a result um okay I mean, they wanted to control the random and as a result they made stuff worse we're fighting the random with a dice yeah we'll see there'll be more of that um uh, next we had Rocket Arena, which comes out July 14th, so not very far away. Um, and I'd vaguely heard about this before, and the disdain the giant bomb cast had for it being called Rocket Arena, because, you know, Quake Rocket Arena, that was a yeah. thing. Um, 
I'm actually kind of interested in this. And I thought it looked pretty good because you know, like, so they're doing, they're trying to make uh, Smash Brothers, but for a first-person shooter, as far as I can tell. So you don't die by losing health; you have to die by being blown out of the stage by rockets. Oh, I see. You like Smash Brothers? Oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's like it's like a platform fighter, I suppose, but you're doing it from first person with highly explosive rockets. But does it have like Smash where you take damage and then you makes you fly uh, further? That wasn't that wasn't clear. Okay. Uh, but I assume that's how that works. Uh, yeah, and it's it's a sort of a hero shooter, I guess. Like Smash, I suppose. It's, it's a, got characters. Um, yeah, so the characters can move and do certain slightly different things. Um, but the end result is fling your opponent out of the arena. Wee. Um, I don't know. It might be. In, it might be good. Just like I'm not sure. I'm totally on board with its art style, which looked a little bit overly family friendly. Well, like like everyone, all of these goddamn games. <laughs> Yeah, well, not. I mean, it was just a certain like, oh, every character in this seems like a twelve-year-old uh, kind of look to them, <laughs> just just a little young. But but I don't know. I think the the idea might be sound. We'll see. Sound. Just don't call it Rocket Arena. <laughs> Too late. Uh, all right, let's talk about. What, they, they ended with two fairly big things because I'm totally ignoring EA Sports. Uh, let's talk about Star Wars Squadrons. We the latest banger from EA Motive. So this got announced and it's coming out in like October, right? I guess that's October quite far 2nd. away. Yep. Yeah. So I didn't see this coming, did you? No, I. I I mean, it, we we knew there were, we I think we knew there was another Star Wars project being developed, um, not by Respawn, not by anyone else, but by Motive. Um, but I don't know if I yeah I don't think I guessed that it was gonna they were gonna straight up go for the X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Yeah, so this is kind of what I want I think, which is like a game inspired heavily by those old X Wing games, right? Uh, but not so complicated that you need a keyboard to play it, right? Um, well, they did, they did talk about all the power management stuff but being it, there. It does but have all the power management stuff, which is the core of it, right? That's, that's necessary. But maybe um, they've streamlined how that stuff can work in the modern era. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that would be quite forward and straightforward to do with a second analog stick, or I'm sure, or something like that. But it does look like, you know, I had to pause the gameplay video to see but you know you've got the radar thing mm -hmm. you know you've got the laser versus shield power levels thing you've got the targeting display showing the thing that you've currently got uh, targeted so that must the whole targeting system has got to be there to some extent although it shows like a cool looking wireframe of your target rather than like an exact photo picture like sure. used yeah. uh, which is cool um yeah, I, I mean, mean that, makes, that makes more sense. It being, oh, know, it does. Yeah, how computers in Star Wars look. Exactly, it looks it looks Star Warsy, um, uh, and so it's like five v five, right? There's di and they're yeah. showing different modes. It's like straight deathmatch, basically, and then there's there's like the 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 big mode is like you take on a f it's like fleet battle, so you take on two. That's what they called it. So you have a dogfight, and then you take on two. 
uh, smaller ships and then you take on the main capital ship, right, in the stages. Yeah. Uh, which kind of makes sense. Um, but it wasn't clear quite how the ebb and flow of that worked. No, exactly. it wasn't. Like, so, you start, so you start with a dogfight in the middle and then the winners of that, do they then yeah. choose the next step? Do they choose to either go on the defensive or go on the attack and that's how the rest of the rounds play out? Is that like... Yeah, it's not really the winners of the dogfight become the people attacking. That would be the yeah, worst way to But then, but then, can the can the defenders then push back in the other direction somehow? Yeah, tug of war, adding even more rounds. To probably the not. It's probably just like battlefield. <laughs> so yeah, well the, well, the campaigns are like a fixed order. But if you win the first one, you just win. <laughs> well, it'll be like it'll be like. Um, Battlefield, that whatever that game mode was called with the bombs, where you push the point and then if you destroy the point, the next point. <laughs> oh, rush mode. Yeah, um, rush. That's what it's called. But but then that could end early, right? If you just defended a single point. Yeah, and I I wouldn't be surprised if that's how like exactly how it works in Salt. Yeah, it could be. Oh, right. Wait, so, wait. so if you win the dogfight, go on the attack, but the defenders then if defend they that defend the ship, they just win the whole thing. So defense yeah. might actually be the preferable strategy. Well, that's how it was in Battlefield most of the time. <laughs> Because yeah. it's fucking impossible to push the point in rush. We will see. So she might win the dogfight and then just go, all right, cool, we'll just defend and finish this quickly. Well, uh, you assume that they have a choice, but they probably don't. If you win the dogfight, you push. So, yeah. But maybe you don't want to win the dogfight then. Like, that's, 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 that's weird. <laughs> that's not how games work. You play to win. It, I know, but like the the, the the sort of the high level strategy then is like okay, if we if we, if we know I think we you're speculating on something. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. It, it just it just seems really strange. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's don't enough think to go strange. on. I think it seems like exactly how those modes would always work with tax defense. In fact, didn't Battlefield One have that basically, where you have a big fight in the middle of? But it was spread over like multiple maps. You go out into yeah, the grand could... overview map. But I think you could stop the progression of that if the defense team won. But didn't that then end early as well in some cases? I mean, yeah, that was the problem. Like you could you could end it <laughs> quicker by. Don't know if that's the problem. Team. I think that's just how it works. No, but do, do you not see what I'm getting at? It's like there's, no. there's a there, there is a potential benefit for being choosing to defend because you could finish the match quicker and still win. I, I, you're, I think you're like assigning arbitrary imagined point values to winning or losing in this mode. Like, well, we do, well, exactly. We don't know what the conditions are for like win or lose. It's like, okay, if I if I defended my the, the attackers push, do we immediately just win the match? Because I don't think even in the battlefield so, version, so then I get an attack phase. Or I, I don't think even in the battlefield version it mattered whether you won or lost, did it? There's no bonus to winning or losing. You're just progressing the fight further. <laughs> Well, except you didn't. If you lost, if you and you're the attacking team. Yeah, but then it just you just go to a new map. You just go to a new game. It doesn't. There's no like. There's no actual benefit or loss to getting out of the match sooner or later. Well, except for the fact you won. Like I don't know. Yeah, but there's you, no you benefit could, to you that. More, you could have like I don't know. Like hardcore players would want to recruit their wins faster, right? So it's like, oh, we won a match, but we won, did it in less time. Now I can get into another match and accrue another win, and it's. I'm sure if there was value in winning or losing in on defense or attack, they would have balanced it for that. But it didn't matter. Well, think, so yeah, think, it think, of it, think of it the other way. Well, no, it's different in this case because there's a potential choice at play because of the dogfight phase. But you that's not. That's not. Phase, you're imagining then, that there's some kind of choice that you don't just automatically win. But the choice is, is like if you're good enough, you could choose to throw the dogfight. 
because then you only have to defend for one round and then you win. Whereas if you're the attacking team, you've got to do you've got to win that the, the the capital ship phase and then the no what was it the, the cruiser phase and then you've still got to do the capital ship phase, which is two <laughs> rounds you've then got to win. You're creating far well, too much of a meta strategy here that just doesn't. There's no reason to even think about. It's just no, you I, fight, I, I, fight I, the I, game. I, and... I think it's. I think this is the intrigue of it. It's like they didn't describe exactly how this worked, and therefore there's a potential. Like there, there has to be an ebb and flow mechanic to this that they haven't explained. Otherwise, you end up with this scenario where there's a potential weird meta. I don't think they have to worry about this weird meta because the weird meta doesn't matter. What are they? they they're pitching it like like oh hey build your squadron do the thing win they're pitching it a little bit like an esport and it's like it's just <laughs> yeah but that's just what then, then does clearly now. the meta does matter <laughs> it's, i don't know i don't i don't know why i don't think we it. know enough to to know exactly. how it'll work that's why that's, that's all i'm trying to say it's like the way it sits right now it could be odd yeah. but there's there must be more to it than what i'm sure there there probably is yeah. to the whole thing i doubt right? it probably is i think uh, it's exactly going there's to definitely be more to it than what's shown in the trailer that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, at least every aspect side. of it. But yeah. I'm not so worried about the multiplayer side. I, like, I, I want there to be a decent campaign. Yeah, so the campaign thing is like, it's probably not going to be all that long. It looks like it's probably a setup for the for the uh, multiplayer. But I don't know. It's like, like in ba- I hope there's more of an emphasis on it than there was in like Battlefront Two, where they were like, "Hey, there's a single player campaign," and then it was like shitty. Um, I'm I'm hoping that it will be a decent because they've got this whole, you know, Vanguard squadron or something. Although it was a bit, it it, it looks like it's going to be a bit cheesy, right? It's like we'll kill those Vanguard scum. It's like just call them Rebel scum. Like why are you calling them? Oh, anyway. How do you, you know their squadron name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, stuff like that. But maybe there will be an explanation for it. But it, I mean, it's a nice, a good time to set a game, right? Immediately after the the end of Jedi. That's what they did, I guess, with Battlefront yeah, as yeah. well. Uh, and I like how they simplified, like, there's just, what, there's just, like, four classes. There's interceptors, fighters, bombers, and and support craft, which mm. is quite quite straightforward. And they all, they're all cool, right? A-wings, X-wings... Y-wing. Um, Y-wings and uh, and uh, what's the new one from Ro- from Rogue no, what's the new one? From Rogue One, right? That's what they've done. Um, what's it called? T-Wing? No. What, what is that thing? U-Wing. The U-Wing, yeah. Sorry? I mean, they should have they should have somehow managed to jam a B-Wing into that role, even though that wouldn't make sense. No, that would, B-wing be, is, that would be B-Wing is technically a bomber, I suppose. Yeah, more of a bomber, isn't it? Yeah, maybe in the future you'll unlock more than just the Y-Wing for the bomber. And then on, it's fairly clear on the TIE side. Um, I can't remember what the TIE support vehicle was, but it looked pretty cool. They had the TIEs, the interceptors, the bombers. Yeah, you're right, I can't remember what the ball yeah. Uh But they all look nice. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, I... I'm a little bit concerned about their dedication to the cockpit view, though. Like, because the, the one in the interceptor looks is look is quite bonkers, right? Because you get a, there's this huge window, but then there's also a huge amount of control panel right in the middle of it. Yeah, but you need all that shit, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it's like it's it's huge and right in the middle. Like the amount of space like you have between that console and the reticle is tiny. Yeah, but that might be perfect for playing it, right? You probably do need. Well, the, maybe you're you probably looking at the instruments. No, that's true. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, the 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 real way around that is to play the whole thing in VR, which which yeah. you apparently can, right? Including All PSVR, yeah. yeah, which is awesome and makes total sense. And like, uh, but I'm I'm sure it'll be good with a screen, even if half of it's taken up with the uh, uh, instruments. Mm. That's pretty much what you. Yeah, and it looks great, right? I think in the well, in sure, the gameplay. Yeah, it's the, they've, they've well, they've proven in the past they can make a great. Look they can make a great. I feel like they sounding, turned up yeah. the particle effects too much, though. It is a overboard. bit over the top, like um, and the trails, like from the from the starships, they look kind of cool. But like, it, it, like every Tie Fighter has like four trails from each corner or whatever. Hmm. Uh, but you know, yeah, well, we'll have to see how that turns out in game because they might have pumped it up a bit for the trailer, I suppose. Uh, but I, I'm sort of cautiously uh, excited about about this out of the blue. Not was not expecting it. But so. then they showed you, you uh, unlocked loadout parts, and everyone fought to that to Battlefront too. Yeah, but they <laughs> specifically there was some interesting phrasing in the in the. Um, yeah, uh, you, can, you can earn it just by playing. So it's not like everything's behind the table. They were like just you by could playing. Learn everything in Battlefront too, just by playing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. It's like Battlefront Two. You could earn anything, but like at, the, at first, it would take hundreds of hours to unlock a single thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's like, how, how does that play out? You know, there's going to be some microtransactions. I mean, everyone knows that's stupid, right? Uh, but and they get a big backlash when they do that. So hopefully they'll. I mean, I supposedly they said that there yeah, wouldn't but... be any microtransactions at all, and it was only cost, going to cost forty quid. But you know, that's Ooh. who knows whether that's true or I going to remain see. true. <laughs> I like that they use the phrase. Um, when they were talking about the campaign in the trailer, the the lady uses the phrase "balance of power," which I thought was quite cool because that's that was like a, the expansion pack for uh, X Wing oh, versus yeah. Tie Fighter that had a good story in it. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wonder why you chose those words. Obviously, they are fans of those old games. Mm. Yeah, oh, it was a nice surprise. Anyway, I, I didn't. I, yeah, can't say I uh, expected it. I think it sits better than if they just had just said, oh, by the way, Battlefront 3. And now we've got space battles. If they had just done that. Well, they then I'm not already sure had space battles in Battlefront 2, which is obviously what this is based off. Well, yeah, but it's clearly a different, very different game and much more akin to the X-Wing or something. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it will be more like the meet in the middle with like X-wing type gameplay, but more kind of rogue squadrony handling or something, right? Because it's not a full simulation or anything with a constant droning Starship engine noise. <laughs> I mean, it might be. It might be. We shall see. If it is, that'd be good too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm quite, quite cautiously excited about Star Wars Squadrons. It's always a bit weird how like modern Star Wars is like ultra racially diverse in every every aspect. So it's not just the rebels that are, like where they're like Mexican and and Asians and black people and all that stuff, but also like all the Imperials as well, which you never saw in the original movies because they were all like oh, just sure. white English space Nazis, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, you could do that. They're supposed to be evil, right? You, I mean, if you wanted, you could make all the Imperials like these, you know. But I suppose that's too much for Star Wars to, to, to make a comment on anything like that. 
but then no one would want to play as them. Oh no. It's the classic Nazi problem. Except that's not actually a problem at all. No one wants to play as the Nazis. Well. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's been coming up more and more recently. Yeah, that's fair that's enough. Quite a few commenter, co- commentaries on it's like, the game should stop making me play as the Nazis. I mean, that was, that yeah. it was weird because I like I remember one of the first time well not maybe not the first time one of the times I remember that coming up it wasn't even the Nazis it was like the the GLA or whatever in Command and Conquer where it's like you're oh, playing right. as terrorists and somehow that was worse than playing as Nazis in all these other World War Two games we'd had <laughs> fictional terrorists I suppose you're still playing as terrorists like what about like do the terrorists in Counter Strike count then I mean I guess they're pretty generic on the Counter Strike yeah. Well, are they though? Because they are definitely are like designs of those terrorists that are like kind of referencing specific, you know, terrorist group stylings. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. And they have accents. What can I say? I think, you know. I don't think people particularly care. I think if we're going to rank this in order of like factions you don't want to play as, it's probably Nazis, terrorists, Imperials. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They're probably quite low down the ranking. I mean, people. I mean, that's why people love TIE Fighter. Everyone always wanted to play the Imperials right, in Star Wars. <laughs> fly the TIE Fighters, so it's good. It's good that you can do that in an inclusive way now. <laughs> Be evil in an inclusive way and diverse way. Were there many of the... There weren't many of the, like, um, I don't know, quote-unquote alien races, were there, though, in the Imperial Army? So maybe it limits you there. Yeah, I didn't see any uh, alien um, or whatever uh, rebel pilots in there the trailer were a couple, for this. I think. There were, were there, there were a couple. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Wouldn't mind playing a Rodian or something. <laughs> no, no one wants to play a fucking Rodian, even though that's what everyone says. Why? I don't know why everyone thinks that's a. It's not even an interesting race, really, in Star Wars. Rodians are cool. They're like medium tier. Like definitely better, interesting Star Wars races that you could choose. What would you play in the cockpit of an X-wing? Twilight. Rodians, Rodians like Greedo. Yeah, uh, they're oh, okay. like kind of boring. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Admiral, I don't... Admiral Akbar. Yeah, play, uh, yeah. Play as obviously. What the, uh, the hell they were called? Fuck, um, I forget. Mon Calamari. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a stupid name. <laughs> but it was a bit. I it was a bit odd that the main rebel capital ship doesn't seem to be a calamari cruiser. Um, that's what they usually use. It's like the equivalent. Isn't there some like law reason for that though like after yeah. the second Death Star battle the Mon Calamari so like yeah we're kind of fed up with all our shit like that. <laughs> so we're done so oh, we're not okay. going to be the leaders of the fleet any longer for a while oh interesting yeah I guess the design of that ship looks a bit more like the 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 resistance ship in Last Jedi maybe or something has a bit like a big fin down the bottom of it mm. oh, anyway interesting but uh, I saw that the crew, you know, the smaller ones, one of them's a medical frigate, frigate which makes sense. I just thought it was a bit Pretty odd. sure you see some of the old blockade runner design at some point yeah, in that video. Blockade runner, yeah. I sincerely hope you can unlock the ability to send It's a Trap as a voice clip. It's a trap. Well, don't say that, though, because remember what the what the various unlocks were for Torts and Shit in Battlefront 2. Like, you know... <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for, and that. 
Don't watch get those wrist the ideas. <laughs> Dr. Gava, stay on target. Turn your targeting computer. It's funny that they do talk about... Oh, I didn't notice. That was one aspect of uh, X-Wing that was quite fiddly, was like not only did you change the energy recharge of your shields, but you could also like direct your shields forward or backwards and you could actually put their energy in the front and stuff and that was quite awkward to do but kind of cool but that is in the movie right it's in the original star wars they talk about put your deflectors double front and then later on when the tie fighters come they're like stabilize your rear deflector they actually talk about that system in the original movie but i think that might be too complicated to put into star wars squadrons they saw, again, I think he mentioned Yeah, that, I think they did say that. The power to the front and back. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Oh, but nice. again, that could easily just sit on like the right stick. And you just push forwards or backwards to jiggle that dial up all down. I mean, there's still a lot to manage here, isn't there? Like, maybe it's like you have to learn the D-pad combos, like up, left, left, sets a certain setting. Or maybe mm. you set presets and pull those up. Or it's like even if you're talking because even in like the older games that it all the all the bars were linked together essentially so you yeah. only, you were only technically changing one option it was just affecting three things at once essentially yeah it was kind of weird so it might not be that difficult to have like you know it be all right stick and you just hold down a modifier button to, if you want to prioritize lasers or whatever mm. yeah maybe Very interesting. Cool. It is as interesting as hashtag skate four. <laughs> or maybe hashtag skate four. Uh, hashtag skate. It's a skate yes, game. That it's definitely a skate game. Skate's coming back. How many years of people commenting skate four on literally everything until this finally happened? Decades. They better not give up now though. <laughs> you gotta make sure. Yeah, just keep keep shouting. Now, now the, every, every hashtag has to be hashtag skate5 for no reason. Just start early. Is it going to be good? What do we I know? Mean, I mean, it's entering an incredibly, what will become a very crowded space. All of a sudden, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I think it's just like coincidentally, I think, it's like all, pretty much all of them stopped at the same time and now all of them are coming back again. <laughs> well, well, a lot of the players that are coming into this space, I think, were are projects that you know are trying to be Skate in some ways. They were like, okay, we really liked what Skate was going for. We're sad that Skate Four isn't happening, so let's make one. So that's how you end up with things like Session and Skater XL, right. um, that are very directly going for that style of skateboarding. Um, but it might be coincidental that, yeah, we're getting that Tony Hawk's remake coming back. And, oh, hey, also, we've got Skatebird. And, uh, well, there was that dog skateboarding game that came up in the Escapist showcase as well. Um, skateboarding. Suddenly hot. Indeed. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Tony Hawk's one. And I hope the skate one's good, because I did like Skate, the, orig- the original skate game. I think I completed that one. That was quite weird, but it was good. Yeah, because they, they all, at least Skater XL and Session have come out and basically said it's it's they are focusing on the nail the trick thing. As in, yeah, doing the tricks is actually hard. 
and it's and it pays to put in the effort to get that get a, even a simple trick right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of Skates vibe as well, except it probably wasn't quite as tough as it sounds like these other games are going for. But but it was still reasonably tricky to get some moves right consistently, at least at first. Or am I misremembering it? I remember having a hard time. No, it was quite it was quite hard to do. It, it took a while to get the, just the ollie and kickflip going at the beginning, right? And then once you got there, it's like. Yeah, it wasn't so easy. I think I think they made the vert stuff quite easy, just to compensate. But I didn't like that aspect of the game. It wasn't a very verty game. You know, it was more of a street game, which is what I wanted. But then by the end of the game, you're in the X Games and going down giant ramps, and it's like, uh, you know, I'd rather be doing the right. It didn't it didn't play to its strengths by the end of it. No, I wouldn't say so. But that's a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, interesting. I wonder, how, I wonder how a game like that actually can escalate then, in some respect. Yeah, well, that was one of the problems with the original Skate, was, like, the demo was kind of the whole game in some ways. <laughs> like, you, all you really needed was, because if the core game is good, all you need is one skate park. I think it was time-limited, but you could just keep restarting it, and then you could just learn the tricks and stuff, I suppose. Uh, but that's kind of what you want in real life. That's what skateboarding's like for most people, I think, is they have one skate park they go to when they try to do the street tricks, right? Not many people are doing vert all the time. Or... <laughs> no, very few, I imagine. Yeah. Because uh, you just find a empty swimming pool, right? <laughs> you go to your local <laughs> skate park. Yeah. Find, find a handrail down a set of stairs. Yeah. So you can have the most atrocious bails. Yeah. How it works, right? Yeah, and of course, Skate had some great Bales videos <laughs> made of all the stupid physics of it. So, uh, oh well, yeah, the stupid physics of uh, Skate is uh, legendary. <laughs> legendary. So, I'm hoping there'll be some like really solid built-in like. I mean, obviously, the consoles have built-in sharing stuff already, but make it like super awesome for yeah. sharing sharing footage of everything going right and everything going horribly wrong. <laughs> I want an in-game jankometer. Yeah. <laughs> Janky physics detected. We took a screenshot of that. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, temporal skag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you can't fix the bug, just detect it. And make it the game. Ah, <laughs> oh, genius. And that was EA, basically. EA Games. It's quite boring. In the sports. <laughs> it's in the sport. <laughs> Even yeah, the sport bit was like super uninteresting compared yeah, to most I mean, of the previous sport bits. <laughs> I mean, it was even more uninteresting than usual. Like they still, they didn't really expand on what they did previously at the was it the XSX event where they just sort of said, "Hey, we're doing FIFA and Madden," and showed us like basically nothing. <laughs> And then, so the way and they, they showed did it again. The way they showed them, it like almost made it look like it was just one game. Now they're just going to put both footballs in one game. Yeah, they did just say football. That was the only, they didn't refer <laughs> to the sport at any time. They just sort of said football. <laughs> it showed both of them. Yeah, they, does that mean they're accepting that like soccer is football? <laughs> soccer. 
yeah, yeah. That was all they really had to say. It, was like, it wasn't huge. They they had a couple of moments where they were like, oh, by the way, Criterion, everyone likes how Criterion games feel, and then didn't announce anything. Just that they're doing something. No. Um, the, like, when they, they did that thing again where they was like, look at this car. <laughs> it's like, Criterion, stop doing that. You need to actually <laughs> tell us about a game you're making. <laughs> I mean... It had the disadvantage that it was a Porsche GT3 they showed, so it's like, oh, does that mean you're not working a burnout right now? Mm. Can't break a Porsche as well as you can a fake car. Not allowed. Uh, yeah, there was some other studio. Oh, yeah, Obsid- uh, not Obsidian. Bioware, didn't they? They showed some weird landscape shots. Yeah. Like, hey, we're doing some next gen stuff as well, and it's like, what is what is so that? You other might than, as well ignore that section, two? considering what happened the last time they did Dragon that. Age, something. Oh yeah, yeah. It's probably Dragon Age, right? Those things. Yet they were willing to say skate with no gameplay or no footage. Of yeah. I mean, I guess they probably did say Dragon Age with no footage of anything like three or four years ago. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> mm, so that was that's that, we're up to date on the shows so far. I think we've got um, the new game plus event in a couple of days' time, uh, which is as it turns out, it's not a Sega run thing. It's like a, uh, uh, a conglomerate of Japanese developers. Sega just being one of the publishing houses involved. Mm. Um, um, but yeah, so, so that'll be a Japanese-focused thing in a couple of days' time. Uh, and then we've got, I think we've got a bit of a breather um, until U- Ubisoft, basically, and uh, the July XSX event. What's it called? What the July? Well, I'm, I'm calling it XSX. XSX Series X. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. When when is that in July? Like beginning of July. Mid. I think. Mid. Okay. Oh, we got like a month. Yeah. Got a little. Got a little bit of a breather. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, depending on whether Nintendo turns up, I guess. Well, yeah. They might suddenly said... decide to <laughs> throw out something. They haven't said anything about what they're doing right now, so who knows. Apart from the Smash character, I guess, in a couple of days, yeah. they're actually going to announce the ARMS character. Tomorrow, in fact. Or today, by the time you're listening to this podcast, probably. Yeah, I guess so. Do we want to talk Pokemon company announcement? Well, we probably should, because they did a thing briefly. But, you know, we don't really care about most of that, apart from the one thing, because they obviously talked about the real Pokemon DLC is coming out, the first part of that. I mean, which, you know. We didn't. We didn't care about that game, really. That so we sword, don't care about the DLC. Sword. Yes, the sword, sword. DLC. Isn't that weird? Because you have to be careful about which DLC you buy. There's that whole thing. Like you have to make sure you buy the DLC for your specific version of. Like you have to buy the DLC for Sword. If you buy works the wrong one, you're in screwed. The store or whatever. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that. Say you bought Sword and you accidentally bought the expansion for Shield, you're screwed. Well, you can then just buy Shield and have them both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd have to play it again. But, but, yeah. It's like yeah, the, the the Nintendo shop doesn't deal with that bundling it all together. Like you've got the DLC pack. So. Well, 
but you should be able to get the right one by accessing the store from the menu of your on your game, right? Because it links the DLC yeah. to the store page of the game. Yeah. I think they've had to model it as DLC of each individual title because the Nintendo store models each individual game separately. Yeah, I guess that makes yeah. sense. But yeah, buy everywhere, buy the right one. And then they also, you know, had to come out with more mobile bullshit, <laughs> as they do. Now you can brush your teeth and catch Pokemon, I guess. What? <laughs> Not now you're. I mean, they've you know they've, they've got to cover every moment of the day that's not you know already occupied by Pokemon. So we've had sleeping, <laughs> we've had Pokemon Go, <laughs> now we've got brushing your teeth. So I mean, it's Pokemon breakfast next, I guess. <laughs> Pokemos. I'm eating my bowl of Pokemos. And then the one thing that people actually cared about is they announced a new Pokemon Snap, <laughs> which is bizarre but cool right <laughs> well the, the thing that i like uh, at first I, I was watching it and i was like okay yeah this is cool it's new pokemon snap but then you then like the more you watch it the more you're like the animations in this game are so much better than sword and shield this <laughs> oh. <laughs> is like god damn it just makes you even more disappointed for sword and shield where it's like if only it looked like this <laughs> <laughs> Is That's it, is because that it's an actual because... Switch game, right? Not like a yeah, DS game. Yeah, it's because it's a fresh new Switch game. And also, it's not made by like the Pokemon company. It's made by like Bandai. <laughs> right. Oh, wow, is it? Oh, interesting. Well, like, are they... And also, I suppose, because it, Pokemon Snap's like a rail shooter in some ways, they can just can all the animations. Yeah, well? I mean, obviously, yeah. yeah. It's all like pre-fixed animations and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I suppose there is some things that are still like like they would be in a pokemon game like the, the the fact that pokemon will pick up and eat the apples that you throw at them that's still you know that's still technically a special sure, animation yeah. for every pokemon it's, but it's it is the kind of thing you could imagine being in a regular pokemon game as a one one-off animation or whatever for every pokemon but you know at least it does look nice <laughs> so now we can hope that the next actual pokemon game will look like this But in the meantime, take photos. <laughs> <laughs> Want to see that speed run? Yeah. Speed runs are kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, even if you do that normal speed, it doesn't take very long. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other worry about this game, of course. It's like <laughs> everyone loves playing on Snap, but that game was real tiny. <laughs> so if you are imagining that you know, the Nintendo tax of this game is probably almost certainly going to be full price regardless of yeah, the actual amount be, of content. It'll, it'll be 50 quid, come on. <laughs> then you have to worry about the actual amount of content. Mm. Pocket Pokemon. So, yay for the not actual Pokemon company making a better Pokemon game than the Pokemon company. <laughs> yay. Happens regularly. That's the thing about because people will always bring it up where they're like, if you go back and look at like Pokemon Stadium and some other like Gale of Darkness, which was a weird, I will say, spin off Pokemon game. The Pokemon Gale games that are darkness, I don't know what that was. <laughs> no, it's a, it was like a GameCube partially adventure, partially Pokemon Stadium esque kind of thing, huh? But like 
it was not made by the Pokemon company. And those are the, those games like Stadium and, and Go to Darkness are the ones which have way better animation than the actual Pokemon games of the time. <laughs> it's like basically the same thing happening again. The Bandai game that they're making now, the Pokemon Stamp, has way better animations than the real Pokemon game. <laughs> they're well known for it. Be disappointed and the, yet excited. Uh, do we know what Dex Pokemon Snap will have? Well, no, but I, you know, it will be a much cut down. Obviously, it won't be because <laughs> you know, they only have so much space in these levels to fit a certain number of Pokemon themed to the to the environment. <laughs> mm. Yes, yeah, so they've got much less work to do. Yes, yeah, so that's the true. <laughs> But as we, but then again, as we said about Sword and Shield, surely when they took the time to cut the Pokedex down, they had much less work to do to make all the animations. Yeah, but then they added loads. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Pokemon, I guess. Yeah. Surprise. Is that it for news as well? We got, or we got more? No, little bits no. of news. <laughs> Well, I suppose that actually, oh, I've got a tiny bit more news. Just the fact that Dirt 5 has a story mode. Maybe not news. Maybe someone said that at some point where you just weren't paying attention. Well, maybe, yeah. But it's got Troy Baker and Nolan North in it. it I was. have heard about the voice acting. Seriously? Yeah. That's dumb. It's pretty dumb. Uh, and also, Taiwan... Uh, a supermarket or something. Anyway, some some place in Taiwan has listed that there's a new Crash Bandicoot game called It's About Time. So uh, leaked really leaked reveal. <laughs> Again, somewhat unsurprising because I think that Bandic those two Bandicoot remakes they've done recently, like the the yeah the Bandicoot collection of the first three, and uh, the Nitro Crash Nitro Racing. Yeah. They've both done pretty well. Yeah. And the Spyro ones that. as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Spyro ones as well. I hear that Crash Nitro Racing is actually pretty decent. Crash Team Racing. There we go. That's it. We'll get there eventually. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Something like that. Uh, and that's news. Is it? That, I think it is the news. What about the Kerbal Space Program 2 debacle? What's, going, what's the problem what with Kerbal it? Space Program 2 debacle? Well, it got slightly delayed again, or slightly more delayed, or I guess, you know, had they ever really said a date, really kind of delayed <laughs> into next year. But what actually happened was, so as we'd previously mentioned, the, 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 the new developers called Star Theory that were actually Uber and I, we were already worried about that or whatever <laughs> or I was or some of the Kerbal community were but what happened was supposedly sort of around December time they take two were trying to renegotiate contracts with Star Theory about Kerbal apparently and the way it's theorized to go, which may be like, you know, reading too much into it or whatever, is that 
basically take two didn't like how the negotiations were going so so they were like well fuck your studio we're just going to buy up all your developers and take the, take the development into our internal studio essentially uh, a new internal studio that's just made of all the same developers that we poached off your studio oh blimey that's pretty harsh so basically star fury is done then that's it they've, they've closed that down and now we now Killswave Program 2 is being made by a new studio called hilariously Intercept. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's pretty on the nose. Yeah. So that's. Wow, I wonder what, I wonder what happened. Did they just not like, not like how the studio was run, maybe? And we were just like, well. Well, that, that was the thing, because like, uh, initially I was like, well, that seems real bad. But then I was like, hang on a minute, this is Uber, and they already had ridiculous problems with their <laughs> like management structure before. So maybe it's not that surprising after all. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is a good thing for the fate of the game. Yeah, maybe it's actually maybe it's actually better this way. <laughs> It's still a bit. It still feels quite harsh and a bit shady. Yeah, it definitely does. Shady backdoor deals. Because supposedly, from what people, what the developers had had sort of said about this, as much as they can say about it, is that like what what actually happened from their perspective was they all suddenly got a LinkedIn email from Take Two that was just like, "You need to come and work for us now." <laughs> Trust us, you do. Yeah, like that's kind of an abrupt way to discover <laughs> that your company's about to get fucked. <laughs> it's like the mafia or something. Yeah, You're, you guys work for us now. <laughs> or you know, any corporate takeover ever. Yeah, I yeah. guess. I guess that's probably all of the news now. I guess we're done. All right. News. Uh, it's time for a brief section of what you've been playing at the, <laughs> the end of this podcast. Try to yeah, cram that in here before I have to go and have food. This cool. still ran longer than I was expecting. Uh, I should get better at expecting, I suppose. Apparently. Rob's time management is needs work. It's what to free. expect when you're expecting. Right. That was a hell of a lot faster than we normally do it as well. But. Yeah. I think the cutting worked well. Right, Tag, what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing Satisfactory, I guess. That's the important thing. <laughs> and I don't know if there's that much to say about it, especially because it's, it, you know, from the alpha, it is still as good as that was, but there's more in it now. <laughs> it's like content. Mm. And I'm still surprised at how well it runs on my computer, even as I've started building significantly larger bases. Although it was kind of annoying where I was just like, okay, I'm going to go into the like graphics menu and mm. I'm going to do the thing that I very rarely actually do and be like, toggle each individual option and then re reload Measure. and then see how much it, difference yeah. it makes. And from that, I discovered that literally, as, in, as has been the case in like most modern games recently, really, the only option that makes any difference at all is Shadows. <laughs> right. <laughs> But the trouble is you can't turn it any further down the medium or it just instantly looks like ass. There's like the, <laughs> the difference between medium and low is just like might as well be off, essentially. Right. Is, is there an off? There is an off, I think. Yeah. There is one step further down than low. But like low essentially turns it into only like drop shadows, essentially. Medium is where you get the actual like directional light sources, which is why it immediately looks like ass as soon as you turn it down. <laughs> 
because you know the direction of light source is kind of important when you're walking around in the open yeah. space and there's like a giant sun shining down on you <laughs> and you know it suffers from the traditional problems of that where it's like the old you can see the tick update of the shadows gradually moving right because they don't they're not fully real time yeah because they're not smoothed they're all it's all step weirdly you could actually see the sun moving in a ticking kind of way as well so it's not just like the shadows are doing that it's actually the literal light source <laughs> you can see it doing it so yeah that's... is that something that gets smoothed out on higher settings or is i just... don't know because i haven't been able to because <laughs> you can't turn it on yeah. i mean i probably could it would probably run at like 15 frames a second at that point <laughs> but i could try it and see i guess but i yeah i'm i am still kind of surprised at how well it runs with just like the you know stuff like all this shit on conveyor belts going around and like when i'm building a huge factory out of individual like wall panels or whatever no matter how many of those there are it doesn't seem to make virtually any difference to the frame rate so mm. i guess it's reasonably well optimized on that front like there must be some pretty decent culling or whatever going on yeah but yeah it's still satisfactory trundling stuff around on belts the the higher level stuff hasn't really got like super more complicated i suppose the one thing that was different is the like what for a long time the joke was that they were never going to put in pipes because <laughs> it was a ridiculous thing where like in one of the very first trailers they showed like fuel canisters on a belt Right. And so everyone was like, oh, but what about pipes? And then that just became like an incredibly long-running joke in like every YouTube video. It's like, Where, but where's the pipes? <laughs> but then eventually they put in pipes. So, you know, the joke came to fruition and now there's pipes. But yeah, liquid management is the one of the newer parts that have only just been introduced. And it is, it's, it's almost like too real. Like, because like to get into chemical engineering this like liquid head matters like a pump can only pump a liquid at so much vertically and then you have to have another pump to like repressurize it and all that stuff like the mm. gravity matters so but then like it's actually kind of more difficult to like see that in game than it should be like they need a few more ui elements to maybe make that easier to manage because you essentially just have to be like you build a pipeline and you can sort of estimate from like a wall is like four meters high and you can sort of be like okay so that's probably like 20 meters upwards so one pump should be enough to get it up that high because pumps can pump 20 meters of head but you can't really do it without just like turning everything on and seeing if any water comes out at the top of the pipe at the top right <laughs> and also for people who maybe aren't familiar with how fluid pumping works in in real life that might be quite confusing i guess yeah it doesn't honest, i was i was sat here thinking yeah i guess there had to be a limit somewhere but i guess i never thought of that before yeah <laughs> So if you maybe, and you know, considering how easy most of the other stuff in the game is, like how it does the maths for you and it's like everything is like, this machine takes 30 of this per second to make 30 of this per second and then you can change the ratio by overclocking it and it's like all the numbers are just there. The fluid system feels like it could use a few more bits of UI to help you with it in a similar way. In fact, there was even UI that I didn't even know existed until I watched like a tips video where when it has all the 
all like the numbers that are like it's 30 in and 30 out and that's at 100 percent and you can adjust it to like 200 percent or whatever you could actually just like click on the numbers and just type in what you want and then oh, it cool. adjusts it automatically oh nice <laughs> so you could be like if you want this machine to make 15 items per second that's 69 percent. or if you want 70 percent, it makes this much per second and you could just enter the numbers directly rather than having to use the slider even so it's kind of nice but yeah, running around in that game, building unnecessarily large things, did a little bit of multiplayer, which is definitely needs more work than the single player, essentially. The multiplayer code is still obviously kind of a bit jank in places. Did they improve the um, resolution of the track recordings? Because you, we had that, you, had, you mentioned when back in the alpha, that when you were recording truck, truck paths, that, I, uh, you know, sometimes it would get it a bit wrong because it wasn't necessarily recording each you know enough enough steps yeah i wouldn't say it's necessarily higher it's hard to tell because i've really only made like one or two truck routes and they've also been you know kind of straight <laughs> not nearly as complicated pathing necessary sure but yeah i don't know it seems sort of probably the same but it's, i think that system is like good enough if you drive it right because i think the trick is to actually like slow down if you're making a, if you're making, if you as a human could drive this at full speed, but it's quite complicated, maybe slow down a bit and just let the pathing like record a few extra ticks, essentially. Deliberately allow the, the AI to deal with it better, <laughs> essentially. Mm. But yeah, and I haven't quite got to trains yet, which, you know, is the easier pathing, I suppose. You just tell it to go to a station, and then it does. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's reasonably well made for what it is, and runs surprisingly well. We'll see how nice. it gets towards the very end of the game. The problem I've been having at the moment is I've run into the I've run I've come up to the point of the game where I just have to basically demolish everything and rebuild. <laughs> Everything up to this point, I've just been like bolting new bits on to the stuff that I'd already made. But now I'm like, I need way much more throughput to make stuff in a reasonable amount of time. So I essentially have to scrap all these things where I've got one machine that's overclocked to 250% and multiply that out to like five machines that are only 100%. So I'm having to basically demolish everything and rebuild, which isn't too stressful it's more of a the actual demolishing and rebuilding isn't the problem the thinking is the problem <laughs> that's right. the bit that takes time even with all this helpful pre-done maths you're still like how many belts do i need again which class of belt does this need to be how many of these machines do i actually need per mine or whatever but yeah i'm getting there my base is weirdly like <laughs> it's weird because nothing really has gravity you can just once you've built something, it just stays where it is, even if you demolish everything else around it. So oh, my right. my base is kind of like a bunch of floating floors at the moment that will at some point become a building when I bother to build all the rest of the walls. <laughs> <laughs> but it might look kind of nice when it's done, maybe. So when you say there's an end of the game, is that like so if they put like the full beginning to end in this yeah because it's still early access right yeah it is still early access i don't think there is i don't think this is the actual actual ending 
it's weird because it's separated into like tier, technology tiers. Although weirdly, like when you actually progress up the tree, you move up like two at a time. So you start in like zero, and then you have one and two, and then you have three and four, and then you have five and six, and then the one I haven't got to yet is seven, and it's seven by itself. And for a long time, they've been saying that seven was going to be the last one. But there's been talk, more talk lately, lately that seems to imply that maybe not. Maybe they might actually get past seven. But I don't even know what's in seven. I think I, I've heard there's like nuclear power. And I, that's really the only thing I know about tier seven. So I don't know what else is in there to do. What final products you might need to make. But presumably you still ship them up the space elevator in the same way you've done to unlock all the other tiers. But then presumably there isn't like an like a story ending or anything <laughs> even if you do make the last shipment well, it just puts a little message on screen saying well done yeah probably Devo pop and there is a weird system of like a resource sink where you can just dump materials into to earn points to unlock special building items which is slightly weird because a lot of this building stuff used to be unlocked just in the regular tech tree, like all the variations of walls and that kind of thing. Now you have to dump stuff into this resource sink, but then like a resource sink is what you want, of course, if you're going to play this game in like the real long term. You want somewhere to dump all your, as you increase your production, you can dump stuff faster into the research sink, but then you've kind of already researched everything in the resource sink. Except for the stupid stuff like statues, where it's just like this statue costs a thousand points, so that's going to take forever for you of you dumping stuff into the research thing. So I guess that's sort of the you know long term goal. Except that's not really a goal. Unlocking a fancy statue is not something that's going to entice you to make that much effort. <laughs> well, maybe some people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's satisfactory. Statue that makes gold. <laughs> Yeah, but then what do you need the gold for? <laughs> <laughs> and things I haven't been playing yet, but I've literally just downloaded. There's a demo of Creeper World 4. The oh, fourth right. one. Yeah. That one guy who makes those games has continued to make them. Except now it's like it's he's also, he's actually made like it's in 3D. It's like an actual 3D real game, not just like <laughs> pixel art any longer. Which may or may not work. I'm, from what I've seen of like his alpha footage or whatever, I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like the giant, like cliff top, cliff high walls of goop look quite right in 3D. Like when it was in 2D, you didn't have to think about it very much. How like you had this giant vertical wall of goo that you were just like shooting into. <laughs> but now when you actually see it in 3D, it's like I'm not sure this concept works as well. <laughs> But we'll see how the game plays, I guess. Amazing. Yep. Is that your little spiel for this week? Yeah, I, that's pretty much it. Just Rocket League. <laughs> Just Rocket League. Robe, you've got some stuff to say? Um, yeah, I'll try and be super quick. Um, I finished Yakuza Kiwami 2. Um, cool. Uh, after spending a ridiculous amount of time in the mini games, um, as you do, trying to get my hostess club up to up to max, which had some nice uh, <laughs> dumb stute story twists at the end, which was which was entertaining. Um, man, the whole ending of that game is like is properly stupid. 
<laughs> like, as if, like, the whole you can't take it seriously, like, Days of Our Lives style soap opera of the thing, like, wasn't easy enough. There's, like, four different twists in the end sequence. It's like, no, it's this guy. No, it's this guy. No, it was this guy all along. And now we're going to fight for some reason. And now everything's settled. But we're still going to fight for some reason because Yakuza. And I'm still going to like you afterwards, even though you killed a family member. It's Yeah, it's all, it's all really dumb. <laughs> but pretty entertaining. Really done, but pretty entertaining. That's, I mean, that's is a kind of a good review. It's it's pretty much what that series is, like just in general, like every every part of it. It's like it's just when you think it's like oh, it's settling into a serious a, a serious drama, you get a giant gold statue appear. You know, a giant gold Japanese castle sprout forth from the ground. That is Naturally. Actually, oh no, you're not you're not going to explain that. Oh, okay, we're just we're just that's just a thing. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> Just something we're going with. <laughs> yeah. It's not just that the golden castle comes out of the ground, it's that it comes out of a smaller castle. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb, but I love it. Um, yeah, so that's done. I might go back into it because there's a few things, there's a few things of interest I might want to finish off. Mm. Um uh, but uh, given that some of the achievements don't seem to pop the things that I've done, um, I might not spend too much more time with it because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get rewarded for it. So meh. Um, <laughs> but your achievement totals, I that is. My achievements, yeah. Did you get more That's than fifty percent right, at least? I'm, I'm over fifty <laughs> percent. It's fine. Uh, yeah, so uh, what else have I been playing? Uh, let's talk a little bit about Valorant, because I haven't really had a chance to talk about that since it actually came out. Sure. Um, um, I'm still playing quite a large amount of that game. I really quite, I really enjoy it, um, even though it is basically just Counter-Strike, but it's like it's fancy new Counter-Strike. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I really like it. I, I'm not saying I'm, I, I'm definitely not particularly good at it. I'm, you know, I'm still not, and I'm still aware of that. But somehow I still have a pretty good time of it, even if I, even if it goes real bad. Um, I don't I don't feel I don't feel too bad about being the bad player <laughs> for some reason. Oh, that's good. And it, and and, the, and people aren't quite as toxic as they are in other multiplayer games. There's still a bit of it, but because of course there is, because people are assholes. But it's uh, but it's not quite so bad. That's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that probably won't last, though, presumably. No, maybe not. Um, but they've... Um, so, of course, now the game's come out, we know how like it's how the free-to-play-ness of this now works. So um, uh, everyone, I think, gets the same five... That uh, same four or five agents at the start of the game as a sort of baseline, which is the perfect number because you need five on a team um, and everyone has to play a different role. Um, has to be a different character. Um, so that's nice. But you can earn two extra characters really quickly for free. Oh, cool. Um, um, and you can then put time in to do contracts for to get the other characters. Now, I haven't unlocked one quite this way yet. I'm working on one, and I'm nearly at the end of that tree. Um, 
So yeah, if you put if you put time in, you can get enough experience on a on a character contract. In theory, you can unlock the others without without monies. Um, I don't know if that how bad that gets. Like after that point, maybe if I if I've done one of these to enough tiers, then maybe the next one I do will be a much much harder, and it just slows down that way. I don't know, but um yeah, I've nearly earned another one for my my third agent for free. Um, which is nice. Um, it has a battle pass for gun skins and such, if you're the sort of person that cares. Um, that battle pass costs a tenner, which is reasonable. Um, however, I think it takes a bit too long to get anywhere in it. Like, they right have said it takes about 100 hours to do the battle pass in full, right. which is quite an ask. Mm -hmm. um, um, and also, uh, like, there's no, you don't get like an XP boost for earning the battle, for owning it, right? So you're not like right. you're going through quicker. And and it doesn't tell you really how the tiers get, require more experience as you go along. It's not like a flat number of like, oh, each tier requires this amount of experience. No, each tier requires more experience than the last. Oh, okay. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't upfront tell you that. You can only really see it by going like when you level up and then you can then check to see how much experience it takes to complete the current level um, or how much experience left you need to complete. And you notice that number's going up eventually. Mm. Um, so it, your progress will slow down. So don't get hooked in by, if, you, if, you, if you're the sort that wants to see how the battle pass play out, there's nothing stopping you from just doing it all for free and then buying the pass at the end of the time, which they haven't explicitly announced either, which is frustrating. Mm. Um, that's dangerous. Yeah, it's like if you and 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 also they're operating a system whereby um, the stuff in the battle passes will potentially return at a future date, so you will have another chance of earning some of this stuff. But it's going to be much much harder to earn the next times it comes round. And they they've explicitly said that's how they want it to be. It's kind of like yeah, if you earn it now, this is the easy route. If you want it later. It's going to be much harder for you to do so. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Swings and roundabouts and that stuff. None of this is essential. It's just all cosmetic stuff. Um, unless you want to buy characters. Um, aside from that, everything is just cosmetic, which is great. That's fine. Um, it is a bit bonkers how much their bundle packs for weapon skins cost, though. Like, they're featured sets, which are basically not just skins, they're like full-on, well, I suppose they are skins in some respect, they're model changes to the gun. Some of them will shoot with different sound effects, or some of them will create right, right. slightly different UI elements, if you, if you have this particular version of a weapon. Um, but the bundle packs cost basically the equivalent of £70. Whoa! And, and in that you'll get like... Three guns, maybe a knife skin, and maybe a couple of. I don't. I don't get it. Stuff. It's like seventy pounds. It's it's obscene. But I guess they're targeting those whales or something. Yeah, yeah, and sure, I have played against enough people that have clearly bought those packs as well. Like mm. you see them. Well, like people, people are buying these guns. They're clearly getting the same people who buy CS knife skins, right? Yeah, <laughs> those guess, are like fifty but, quid or whatever. Not sure, but there's no mark. But the CS the CS one model works before has flourished because of Steam Marketplace. There's no mm. grey market for um, Valorant <laughs> yet. Yeah, maybe let me know of maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I assume there is trading still. 
there's no trading. Mm. Well, so you're, we're talking about selling character accounts then? Mm, yeah, probably. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a little weird. It, I mean, it strikes me as a bit dumb. But then again, the Rocket League model of if, if you want to buy a specific thing is properly dumb as well. Yeah, that's way too expensive. Just, but just not £70 expensive. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, that's it's a pack, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, if you added up it's, more it's, it's than one thing in Rocket League, it could still be quite a lot. Yeah, I guess. Whale money is bonkers money, as it turns out. Uh, but hey, it seems to be working for them, so good on them, I guess. Um, and like I said, it's all cosmetic, so it doesn't matter. It's worth. It's yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm really hoping Zach you can get over whatever hurdle it is that's stopping you from playing this. Maybe hard disk space. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really want to just get your take on it and see if you've caught on to it. Like I know you didn't with Overwatch, and that's a shame. But I think when I play with Kippers, no offense, Kippers, but I might need an extra buffer zone to him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone a little more level. On the level. He is good at it though. I'll give Kippers, yeah, Kippers his credit. He's good at it. As much as he complains, he's, he's pretty decent. Oh, I'd have got zero kills that round. He's top of the table. We're just on the losing team, but he's, uh, <laughs> okay. but, but he's still top of our team by some margin, quite frequently. Uh, yeah, Valorant. Good stuff. Um, and as my stupid little aside for this, for this episode... I've been, for some reason, playing Toy Box Turbos. What was that? Toy Box Toy Turbos. Toy Box Turbos. I it's a Codemasters that. game that's basically Micro Machines. Right, yeah. They have the Micro Machines license for some reason. Even though they're Codemasters. Even though they're Codemasters. And obviously it's not as good as V3, but no. it's, it's a somewhat acceptable facsimile. Okay. Like it's okay, it's it's okay, but it's just it doesn't handle like micro machines. It doesn't. It's a lot slower than micro machines, um, and the track does, there's not enough tracks, and it's, the track designs just not generally aren't as interesting. Even if there is one that's basically made out of brio, which is kind of cool. Um, there's a couple of pool tables. You know, you know what you're getting into here. Um, but it's it's just a very basic one of those, and it's it's proven to be quite a useful short time game. It's like, oh, I've only got a few minutes. Oh, I can crack out a few couple of couple of levels, a couple of challenges. It's like it's one of those games with like a three star system. It's like, oh, I can three star a couple more levels in a few minutes. Mm. So I don't know why. I don't really know why I'm playing that. I just noticed it. I think it was on my gold list fairly recently. Uh, and you were like, oh, okay, give this one a I'm, go. I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's intrigued. another one of those. Can it be better? Like, is it a good Micro Machines game? Of course not. It's, a, it's an acceptable one for now. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll do me, I think. Keep it short. Short and sweet. Unlike this entire podcast. <laughs> Long and sweet. <laughs> Long and sweet. Sweet. Long and sweet. Uh, I don't think I've got anything much. Been playing a bit more Halo, bit of the Witness. I don't know. Ooh. Nothing really new. What are you up to in Halo? Uh, the regret. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Punching regret in the face, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Repeatedly. Uh, yeah, buggers are buggers, especially on heroic yeah, <laughs> difficulty. They're kind of annoying, but usually you can hide around a corner somewhere. Yeah, you want to you want to just make like try and pick out a place where like just one of them will fly into view periodically. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like just sit there, wait for it. It will come eventually. Oh, there you yeah. go. Watch out. Yeah, that's the easiest. One. That seems to be the way. Yeah. Uh, again, I still I still think it's a they've made it look very nice, <laughs> and that the uh, you know obviously not modern game quite, but uh, if you switch back to the old graphics, it's like yeah, Halo Two had some problems. Yeah, as we discussed. Mm. But of course, it's the same environment, so it's, it, 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 I guess they're making the original design stuff sing a bit, which is nice. Yeah, uh, which is cool. And again, like maybe slightly overmixed dramatic music, but the music's so good, the Marty O'Donnell score, that doesn't really matter. I've heard, like, I might have to make a correction because apparently some of the original music actually might still exist in it, but you just have to play it in, uh, you know, in the old graphic style, and you'll get the old music mix, including some of the old tracks that they re- removed for the re- re- the anniversary version. Ah, oh, right, yeah, just by flicking back, yeah. Yeah. It's quite weird when you flick between to the back to the other graphics mode and it fix, flicks the audio as well and it's like, ooh, this yeah. was like quite washed out <laughs> in places. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I might have to go back, you know, try try the PC version just to just to see it. Well actually instead of installing my Xbox, so maybe I'll just do that. Um uh see see if that, that music thing is true. Because I thought I tried it and couldn't get it to work with the original pieces, but uh, or yeah, I say the original, not the Marty O'Donnell stuff, the stuff that was brought in. Yeah, outside yeah, the outside stuff. Yeah, yeah, give it a try. Hmm. Anyway, that'll be me, and uh, that'll be a podcast. I reckon. Podcast. Double bonus podcast. So enjoy, and we'll be back. Uh, yeah, what are we doing? Are we back? <laughs> are we back next week? Probably not. Giving it another two weeks. Probably in two weeks. Uh, and, yeah, uh, we'll only have we'll only have the new game plus event to talk about next time. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that that will do us a news a news section. Sweet. Uh, thanks for joining us, listeners, and we'll catch you for that. Oh, this does mean that we won't have done a. A video. I know, but in. Yeah, but you can, you've got, there's plenty on YouTube for you guys to enjoy. Still with that portal video. Yeah, there you go. Yep, Oberdin 5 (laughs) yesterday. Although the trouble with uploading that portal video is if we upload that, we'll actually have to make the second half at some point. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to carry on. Yeah, Yeah, Oberdin part 5 went up yesterday. There's that. For Sleuthin. Or I suppose lazy solution. You're watching someone else lose. Indeed. Sleuth away. Third party. And enjoy. Yar. (laughs) Cool. Catch you next time, listeners. More.